Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Bastards podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and takes so hot you are going to need fire insurance. <laughs> My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Matt Polly, hey. Brad Polly, hey and together we are the Inglorious Bastards. Announcements. Uh, voicemail episode for the 90th episode. Uh, we are doing Ask a Pastor's episode. If you would like to ask us a question, call 484 Pastor. That's 484 727 8373. And also call for a good time. Yes. <laughs> also call for a good time. Um, <laughs> Virtual beeches all around. Yes. You have to turn my phone up. Uh, you got to turn that phone up. I, it's up as high as it'll go. Again. Why is it quiet all of a sudden? I don't know. It's your phone is week. the worst. Whoops. What? What oh, was oh, that? Sorry. Don't worry about that. All right. So. Um, Why is my phone so quiet? It's up as far as it'll go. Well, I'm. It's. Try it again. That's better. It's a little better. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, we've got no voicemails after last week's announcement. Good so, work, guys. Uh, we, we need at least. It's going to be a short episode. It's going to be a real short for the 90th episode. Short, shriveled, and always to the left. <laughs> God, you're gonna wear that out. I absolutely By the am. End of this episode, I absolutely am. Um, so, also, our 100th episode will be live in Bloomington, Indiana. You are invited, January sixth, sixth, two thousand and eighteen. British. Sixth. They say sixth. Sixth. Uh, Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast uh, for more details and uh, RSVP. There's a lot of people coming from yeah. a long, long way off. Away. This. Uh, what, yeah. Can I just ask a question? Uh, what the hell is wrong with you people? <laughs> No, don't deter no, I mean, them. Not that I don't want to see them. It's just, I, I don't. Let I, I their can't, friends deter them. I can't wrap my head around <laughs> it. I think many of them are trying. Yeah, like you're you doing friends what? that are like, wait a second, you're going to get murdered. You're, you're driving to freaking nowhere, Indiana. In the cornfields of Indiana? <laughs> we don't have an actual address. It's just a, a, a latitude and longitude of a field <laughs> in, in Indiana. Uh, all right, let's, let's jump right into it because this beer uh, is delicious. So. What are we drinking, man? This is Matt. I, Matt I can't. Holly beer. I can't oversell this one. This is from uh, our, our our friends at 18th Street Brewery in uh, Hammond, Indiana. Um, God, it Hammond. is ridiculous. Hunter Double Milk Stout. I saw this at Big Red, and I was like, okay, we're doing that. And it is every bit as good I, as I was I hoping can't it would oversell be. How good no, this it's beer so is. good, it man. It looks like it looks like tar when you pour it yeah. out, and it's so thick. But so man, black and thick. It is. It is chocolate. It is vanilla. You're disgusting. <laughs> it's just chocolate and vanilla and like just it's, roast. Yeah. yeah. It is, uh, man, I, I can't it's, tell it's you. It's really smooth. Too. Cannot tell you Very how good, good this beer is. One of the best uh, oatmeal stouts I've ever had, ever. Mm-hmm. Or milk stouts, I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I, I was like, I always like the um, uh, oatmeal in there. What's that brewery? Left hand milk yeah, stout. This yeah. kicks the shit out of yeah, that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's, that's a good really beer. Good. Too. That's a really good beer. This is ridiculous. So it's been a while since we've had. If some you need to get your beer. get your they hands need, on anything from 18. They need to put brewery. this shit on nitro. Oh, oh could you imagine that on good. nitro? Yeah. Oh my Silky gosh, smooth. Oh. it's oh, it's great. Man. Yeah, buy this one. You want to put that on Instagram so that people know what they're looking for? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, while while you're doing that, so this round is on Jennifer Dudzik. 
Friend of the podcast, Jennifer Duds. Jay Duds. That's what we call her. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> did, 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 did I, I miss that meeting? <laughs> Jay Duds from the block, yeah. Uh, okay, so she grew up with a family uh, that placed importance on jobs. <laughs> glad, you, glad you finished that. She grew up, <laughs> grew up with a family. I was like, that can't be the only thing family. she said. Uh, that placed importance on jobs of service. Uh, she never attended church until she started going with various friends in junior high and high school. Um, she never felt at home and struggled uh, with the message from these churches uh, that her family would go to hell because they weren't believers. Uh, she struggled ever since with going to a traditional church. She loved being part of a church plant in Martinsville, Indiana. <laughs> Short, short-lived what, as it was. What, <laughs> what was that called? Uh, uh, um, it was Pastors Church. Uh, Pastors Incorporated. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she went to our, our church plant whenever it we was, had a church it plant. Was, it was the thing before the thing. Yeah. It was the thing before the thing. It was our origin story, our superhero <laughs> origin story. Um, so uh, yeah, and then she's found a great progressive church where she just moved uh, close to Seattle. Um, she has a guilty pleasure of reading books about murder mysteries. Um, and she has seen, put your seatbelt on boys. She has seen every single episode of Dr. Phil. Oh God. Is that a joke? Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. Not a joke. No, I think I knew this about her. Uh, she feels like it helps her understand. What the hell are you doing? (laughs) Uh, she feels like it helps her understand or empathize with people. You are an People around her to understand the psychology of how people act and uh, what shaped uh, them from their past. I think that would work in Indiana, but in Seattle, I think people are more normal when you're like nursing, I would imagine. Probably. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Dr. Phil. Man, yeah, how do we feel about (laughs) Dr. Phil? I wonder if. Whatever. I wonder if she's going to get the new. uh, I feel like Dr. Phil can get. Brad just broke our f- the first no, one. No, he believed yeah. it. It's fine. Right. Um, so I wonder if she's going to get the new record from Cash Me Outside Girl. Oh, God. Does she have a record? I'm sure. God. Like, I'm pretty sure she's she's signed. That girl is a millionaire for being an idiot. Uh-huh. A millionaire for doing no, nothing for, more For than just being, being an a-hole. Idiot. Like, just a flat asshole. But it, kind of an idiot, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, How about you Cash Me Outside? Uh, yeah. If I catch you outside, man, I'm going to run you over my car. Uh, she has an unhealthy obsession with dipping pizza in ranch and can't walk away oh, no, from. I'm all, about, I'm all about pizza and ranch. Really, anything in ranch. Yeah, ranch is a winner. Like that. Yeah. Just like we're about to eat a waffle. I'd put ranch on that waffle and not even think twice about it. <laughs> she can't walk away with French. Uh, this, away. this is the fattest thing I've done with Brad Polly. Um, she can't walk away with French. She can't walk away from French onion dip until it is gone and is completely oh. in a state of shame. Um. She listens to the pastors on her hellish commute around the city, and give and it gives her peace and complete chaos. Oh, well, that's nice. Hmm. I think it would be the other way around. We'd give her chaos and <laughs> complete peace. In the midst of search for peace. The real question is: Has she caught a salmon yet? With her at, mouth uh, at uh, what's that place called? Pike Place oh, Market. Yeah. Do they throw fish at you? Yeah. Have you caught a salmon at Pike Place Market? Yeah. Yes or no? With your mouth. <laughs> we'll sit. We'll sit and wait <laughs> for the answer. Nope, I'm nope, not here today. No, 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 no phone calls. Um, <laughs> me. So, 
if you'd like to buy us around. That's no, that's not fair because I don't have the beeping technology. Too bad. Get it. All right, I need to get it. <laughs> Big um, button box. It's an app. It's free. If uh, if you'd like to buy us around, go to patreon.com slash pastors podcast. We offer exclusive episodes of Pub Crawl, Turd Talk, and Hymns of Reconstruction. At any level, you can get access to the Pastor's Pub. It's a closed Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and just about everything else. Things discussed. I feel like any stout I drink this from now on is going to taste like a hobo's, the runoff of a hobo's ass. So we're going to pause things discussed in the pub because I want to go to Fat Pastor's before our our waffles get cold. So. <laughs> Here we go. That would be a tragedy. We got we've got priorities. Yes. Don't you want to be one of the I forgot. We all want to be one of the fat pastors. We all want to be one of the the mix is much better. You like, know, now I, that I've downloaded I totally it. Totally forgot that, that that was coming. That, that song reveals to me that I thought I was the whitest person on earth. <laughs> I think Brand, I think Bojangles, Bojangles might be wider. Brian yeah. Danger. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. These are, okay, we're eating uh, Belgian waffles, real Belgian waffles. Michael, don't eat the damn thing yet. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Jesus. So tonight we're talking about body image I while know, Michael shoves you, his friggin' face I know you already waffle. had a bite, so you, suck it. You savage. God. Anyway, these are from Cincinnati. These are uh, came from Ryan Barba, a listener and turd. Uh, Barba sent didn't these touch her. Bar- <laughs> I got nothing. Um, <laughs> Ryan Barba Wire. No, that's no, uh, no. Isn't that a Pam no. Anderson movie? Yeah, was it? Yeah, well, yeah I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, she probably was naked. Uh, <laughs> she probably was. Not. Anyway, that's a different movie. The one Ryan <laughs> Barba. He's from. Uh, he's that's the one, one she wasn't one. naked in. Yeah. He's from Cincinnati. Uh, these waffles are from a place called A Taste of Belgium. I've actually, this place is kind of legendary around Cincinnati. When he sent these, I was like, I've heard of that place. And I'm pretty sure it was either on Travel Channel or Food Network. So it's legit. Dude's from actually from Belgium, the guy that runs the place. It's in the Bible. So these are legitimate Belgian waffles. He says, uh, let's see, enjoy the beer and waffles. The former is the, the beer we are having next week. Yeah, uh, we just have had. Actually, we I have, think we're having it in like two weeks. Okay, yeah, we have. We're way backlogged. <laughs> we're on backlogged. Beer. On we're beer. getting there. <laughs> Spoiler alert: I had one at home today, and it was ridiculously good. So, you asshole. Um, the former is from Mad Tree Brewery, and the latter, the waffles are from Taste of Belgium. These, uh, they're dense and made from Belgian pearl sugar, which is uh, oh my god, compressed into pearls, compressed into pearls. So not light and fluffy like traditional Belgian mm. waffles, but delicious all the same. Keep up the great work. I look forward to listening, Ryan Barba. P.S. Ryan Geist is overrated. Gonna have to disagree with you on that. So why did you have to do that in the um, letter? Like, I mean, uh, let me just say I will this. say these are ridiculous. Wow. Like, and the, uh, keep in mind, these set in my freezer for a week. He, I got these last Thursday. Here's oh, my here's my review. If the face of God had a flavor, it would, it would taste, taste like, like these that. waffles. Yeah, that's it's so good, man. I'm, that is unbelievably good. I'm aroused. I'm just putting that out there. And I'm no longer hungry. Well, more now more is going to come out mm-hmm. and go down. Jeez. You're the worst. It's so good. Can you not just say it tasted really good? Like, do you have to go down that road? Like, I just you shot find, syrup you know, all over the place. God. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> what the <laughs> f*** is going on? He with as many beliefs as he's had, that got that has to count as him being the first one. No, I think it does. No, it doesn't. Shut it does. up. I have uh, syrup all over my. These phone are fives. Now. Like whatever we're writing these, these are fives. Like they're, it's they're man. sixes. Yeah, man, I don't care. Yeah, that's pretty dang good. 
I'm taking another bite. I don't care. Out of five Jerry Springers. He, should have said, he was the mayor. Of Maybe we should just pause and eat all these waffles before we go. We probably should. Mm. Oh, man. I could literally make myself sick mm-hmm. on those. Ridiculously. You've never had a waffle so like this good. unless you've actually been. I mean, man, those are good. Wow. You've never I, had a waffle like this until you've had a I waffle really, like this. I really mm-hmm. can't imagine how good those taste fresh. No, I bet. Mm. Like at the restaurant? Yeah. Because we, we had to ridiculous. throw them in the toaster. Absolutely ridiculously good. Yep. So thank you, thank, thank you. you, Ryan. Those are five, and it's not even close. No, five, five, Jerry five Jerry Springers. Yeah, those are. Oh man, I'm ready to fight somebody on Jerry Springer for one of those. <laughs> yeah, I totally would. <clears throat> All right, I'd fight the midget stripper with dyslexia. <laughs> Y'all ready for? Hey! I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Y'all ready? That had to be an episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did they have to find out who, whose daddy it was? Who was the daddy? No, that's uh, that's Maury. <laughs> who's your that's daddy? Maury where they do the DNA test. I think they did it on Jerry too. I, I haven't probably, watched Jerry. probably did, but that that's Maury's shtick. It's all just they're just shit rags. Both, <laughs> but they they made a lot of money off those. God, they're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Maury's still married to Connie Chung. Wasn't he married to Connie Chung? Yeah, Are they he still was. married? Yeah, Is Connie Chung's still alive. Someone add us Connie, on Twitter about Connie, that. I'm yeah. too lazy to Google it. Probably on Wikipedia. Please look on Wikipedia. I'm pretty sure she's still alive because I think Maury like had cancer or something. Really? I don't know. So is he not alive? No, I no. think he's alive. But I think like I saw them both together. On oh, a you're show thinking of Montel I'm... Williams? No, Montel Williams had cancer. Yeah, but I think he's still alive, isn't he? He's not married to Connie Chung. Wait, was it Montel Williams or Montel Jordan? One of them had a terrible rap career. That's Montel Jordan. Oh. <laughs> With the terrible rap career? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Montel. <coughs> I don't I, I don't even know where we're at anymore. That discussion went weird. That got weird that, in a hurry. That fell it started, right it started off the rails. It started with With This Lexi and just went downhill from there. Somehow we ended up at Montel Jordan. They're called Little People, I think. I think that's the preferred nomenclature. Yeah, not on this podcast. <laughs> All right. That's weird. Terrible people. Makes better hashtags. Oh, well, <laughs> Matt's a horrible person. That's at Polyne Matt. We've already established that a um, long time ago. All right. Things discussed in the pub. I need Brett's, you both to be. Brett's, Brett's shotgun, shotgunning waffle. I need you both to be prepared for the next section sec, segment because you're both integrally important yeah. to it. So things discussed in the pub. I'll get there eventually. I'll swallow this waffle. <laughs> Seriously, if you're anywhere within like 100 miles. 150 <laughs> miles of Cincinnati, <laughs> make the, make drive, the trip. Yeah. Drive straight there. Oh my God, those are ridiculous. All right, things discussed in the pub this week. Um, so I went to go prepare for this. Pretty pretty one sided. Pretty, <laughs> pretty much one topic. Pretty much everything was about uh, this past weekend um, regarding the terrorist attack in Las Vegas. So we talked about gun control, terrorism, race. Everything. With that, we're gonna we're gonna do a new segment, and Matt's gonna roll take us off here. You ready? Yep. Wait, what? Welcome to this week right now with your host Brad Polly. Brad, over to you. <laughs> what the hell <laughs> was that? Let me do it again. So you're ready. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. I, do it again. I literally <laughs> had no idea that was about to happen. Are you ready? One more time. Are you ready for? Uh, yeah. Okay. Right, here we go. Welcome to This Week Right Now with your host, Brad Polly. Brad, over to you. Uh, well, Jerry, uh, 
I'm just going to sit back and eat a waffle right now. So well, you got plenty of time because this is about five pages worth of material. <laughs> this is Brad's manifesto. Yep. Brandon had his own on outside the walls. <laughs> I actually <laughs> typed this, this whole thing out because I wanted I didn't want to miss anything. So okay. I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> With Brad Jingles Appalach- Appalachia. Um. I dropped a piece so, of that waffle, and I'm literally going to go pick it up. We know day. we know we had a ton of discussion. I mean, everybody, the topic was Vegas, okay? Mm-hmm. Horrific. Like, it, here's the thing that's amazing about America. So horrific that you forget how horrific it was. It happens so often that, like, the magnitude of 59 people dead and, like, 500 wounded. You, like, can't wrap your head around that. But it happens so often that we're like, oh, it happened again. And so I've been thinking a lot about this this week. And so I'm just going to read this. So if it sounds kind of wooden, it's because I'm reading it because I didn't really want to miss anything. I took the time to type this out. I've been thinking about this a ton as I've driven this week uh, for work. Whoever's chewing in the microphone really needs to stop. My God. Sorry. Okay. So in reading so many responses and comments this week from Christians pertaining to Vegas and guns, etc., I've been reminded of Richard Ward's quote that vindictive people will murder even the most merciful of texts. That's a quote from Roar that I was thinking about all week. Uh, I find it absolutely disheartening to see so many people who claim the name of the Prince of Peace, who willingly lost and who was killed by his enemies without fighting back, who modeled the gun that model the God who would rather die at the hands of his enemies than seek revenge and violent retribution. Defend weapons and violence. It's really made me believe that the church in America is a lost cause. And I'm sure this won't do any good, but I've been thinking about this almost nonstop all week, and I feel like I need to say a few things. So I'm addressing this solely to our listeners that call themselves Christians, that sit in church on Sundays and worship the slaughtered lamb, And if you aren't a Christian or if you have no interest in following Jesus, then feel free to listen or just skip ahead a few minutes. It's up to you. So understand here that my plea has nothing to do with a political idea. It has nothing to do with a certain political party. This isn't a diatribe against the Second Amendment or a rant to explain why you should or shouldn't have the right to own a gun as an American. Okay? So please don't read any of that into what I'm about to say. Please don't hear my words in a defensive tone. And please don't just tune me out because the words I'm about to speak are coming not from a place of anger or divisiveness, but love and a deep desire to try and live out my own faith such as it is in Jesus. Okay, so in Isaiah 2, we read of the prophet speaking about what he calls the last days. And this was seen as a time in history where God's vision for the world came to fruition, where the world would live in harmony. And in Isaiah 2, the prophet states, he will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Okay, it's a pretty common passage. But the common misconception on passages like these is that God, our magical sky daddy, would fix everything without our help. God will do all the lifting while we sit back sipping Mai Tais and reaping all the benefits. The problem with this view, which still infects the church today, is that it takes our own personal responsibility of fixing this world's problems. It takes it out of it. So we all just sit back and we watch the world burn while praying for God to fix it. I mean, this is like, I mean, Matt, you know, you and I have talked about our mom. She's like, you know, well, it's all going to burn anyway. Yep. 
like this idea that well you know, I'm getting out of here I'm matter. out of here or God's going to fix everything anyway whenever Jesus returns whatever and it takes all personal responsibility out of it so we all just sit back and we watch the world burn and we pray for him to fix it but here the problem the problem is this that the Jewish people had and still have an idea called tikkun olam which means to mend or heal the broken parts of the world so this is a direct call to humanity to take the necessary steps and make the necessary sacrifices in order to bind up the brokenness in the world and make it whole. So what? So the onus isn't on God to fix everything. The onus is on us to fix what we can fix by God's power and love working through us. Okay? So in the Isaiah passage, we read of a time when humans would turn their weapons that are meant for destruction of another into gardening implements which are meant to make the world flourish and grow. So the goal for the world, once again, a goal that we as humans are called to achieve together is that we will do our part to live in such harmony that we take our weapons of destruction and repurpose them into implements of growth and nurturing. So now let's skip ahead to Jesus. On the night before his death, he's met by a number of soldiers, religious leaders, and a friend who sold him out to the authorities in the garden. They arrest Jesus, and one of his companions pulls out a sword and lops off the ear of the high priest's servant. This is what happens next. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, am I leading a rebellion that you've come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. That's a pretty important point. Don't yeah. let that one slip by you. So Jesus' reaction to violence from one of his followers is, is not to say, well, you were just trying to defend me, or next time be a better shot and aim for his heart. <laughs> his response is to call out his followers' worldview that violence is the answer. He's calling his followers to understand that the world cannot be fixed by violent means. When he says, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword, he's saying that there is a cycle of violence that's killing the world and that it will only change when there's a group of people courageous enough to lay down their arms and lose. Someone has to have the courage to break the cycle, to forget all excuses of self-defense and self-preservation and be willing to walk through this life in love, no matter the consequences. My plea to you, dear friends, is not whether you have the right to own a gun, but as a supposed follower of Jesus, should you own a gun? I understand that there are passages you can cherry-pick from the Bible to justify your position, but I beg of you to look at the trajectory of Scripture and look at the kind of resist resistance Jesus modeled one of nonviolence and sacrificial love, and really do some deep soul-searching within yourself. I also understand that this world is a damn scary place. I understand that there will always be people who seek to do harm and spread evil in this world, something we saw so clearly in Vegas. You will say to me, I'm just trying to protect my family, and I think that's a very noble impulse. But is that really the best we can do? Self-preservation? Can we really claim we have faith, which actually means trust and not belief? Can we really claim we have faith in God's protection of us while harboring an arsenal full of weapons whose only goal is to take life away in the name of protection? 
When we harbor weapons to protect ourselves, we're allowing fear to rule in our lives, something which the scriptures point to time and time again as an antithesis to authentic faith. God does not want us to live in fear, but to be courageous enough to walk through this life seeking to love everyone we come across, regardless of what that means to us personally. It's how the world changes. It's how the world gets put back together. Jesus models it by laying down his life. He hangs in agony and simply says, this is what it looks like, friends. It looks like dying rather than retaliating. It looks like forgiveness instead of retribution. According to Jesus, this kind of life and sacrifice is how the scriptures are fulfilled, how God's vision for the world envisioned by the prophets such as Isaiah comes to pass. A future where mutual destruction gives way to mutual nurturing. I want to close with these words of Jesus in which he explains what his upside-down way of life looks like. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in the heavens, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So real courage isn't clinging to a killing machine out of self-preservation. Real courage is being willing to lose your life for the sake of putting the world back together. You may think that's naive, but Jesus says if we're going to be his followers, it's the only way, and that way is very narrow. This has been This Week Right Now with Brad Polly. Stay tuned next week, and Brad takes on Franklin Graham. <laughs> I, I, I think I did just take on <coughs> I Franklin I think you did, Graham. too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he did. Preach. Yeah. Sorry. I, no, that's uh, good. I'm sorry to read all that. I It's just been on my heart, and I typed it out. Yeah, that's good. So. I think we should uh, edit it and put it on our Patreon uh, for everyone to look at, and then uh, uh, they can share it with friends. Okay. I'll, I'll uh, get around to that. Oh, my, my headphones are acting weird again. My mic, I mean. All right. Um, put it in the fourth one, Michael. So patreon.com. You know, whatever. That's what she said. Um, Patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. Don't ask. Um, I won't. Uh, fantasy football update. Brian O'Dean still number one. Yeah. Uh, there we go. He scored a lot of points. Am I, am I in 24th? Yeah. Uh, because Brad, I've got to be close. Brad is 20th. Matt, still. Huh? I'm still yeah, 20th. Matt is 10th. And then I am uh, <laughs> I currently I had my second. best week this week and lost by 55 points. Yeah. It's, it's going well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Derek Carr, my quarterback, Hurt. my leading scorer. Yeah, he's out for six weeks with a fractured, fractured back. Neat. Neat. Yeah. So I'm three and one. I'm on a three game. I'm about streak, to go so. from shit to whatever is below shit. <laughs> so there you go. All right, let's go into the news feed. Lock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your fears. We're headed into the news feed.
All right, I've got two. Good story. You ready? Good story. From goodnewsnetwork.org. Oh, man, you're going to say Orge. It's pronounced Orge. Anyway. Probably. Go ahead. <laughs> Does this involve a grandpa? Go ahead. It's fine. Okay. Just do what, you, do what you need to do. Grandpa spends 12 years cuddling tiny babies who had to live yep. in intensive that care. That's one of them. Is it? That's, that's fine. I have, I have some other. I can't believe that. No, it's fine. <clears throat> it's a freaking great story, yeah. man. Every week for the past 12 years, he has come to cuddle and whisper words of encouragement to the tiniest babies in the hospital's intensive care unit. And for his dedication, he is known as the ICU grandpa. David Deutschman? Deutsch! Holds the, the baby. The flying Deutschman? The flying Deutschman. Nice. Yeah. 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 Oh, wait, you're not going to... Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure it was worth that, but we'll, we'll oh, do it. Oh, come on. Yeah. Flying Deutschman? Okay, that's pretty fine. good. All right. You want to do it again? No, it's fine. It's uh, over. David Deutschman? The flying Deutschman? Yeah. Holds right. the babies <laughs> whose parents can't be with them on that day at Children's Health Care of Atlanta. <coughs> a photo taken recently by the mother of one of the baby boys was posted on the facility's Facebook page and earned the senior mucho public adoration. It was a typical story. A preemie born at just 25 weeks. Man, that's barely even viable. Yeah, that's crazy. Had been in the hospital for six weeks, and because his mother needed to take care of her daughter, she had to go home every night. Man, that's got to be... Yeah. God. Yeah. Having to leave your kid. Yeah. And each morning, she would drive the two hours back to the ICU. Two hours, man. Two hours back to the ICU feeling anxious because he's likely been missing his mommy. But this time, she returned to find ICU grandpa, David Deutschman, the flying Deutschman. The flying Deutschman? Yeah. (laughs) Snuggling with her son and snapped a photo of the legendary hospital volunteer. The Facebook image collected 9,000 comments, uh, some written by other parents who had also been eternally grateful to the baby whisperer. That's a great nickname. So in case anybody's wondering, what I just talked about with helping put the world back together, it's something like that. Yeah. Uh, He rocked our baby for countless hours. Um, Gosh. Yeah. Uh, I feel horrible. Um, one of the mothers said, I feel horrible leaving him, but I needed to be mommy to my other son, too. Uh, one reply to the photo came from <coughs> Susan Lilly, who's known the Flying Deutschman exceptionally well. I've known David as a special man for 53 years. He's my dad. Uh, to read the thousands of comments and see the outpouring affection is very moving to our entire family. Uh, even though he gets vomited and peed on, he says it's the best job he's ever had. So Wow. Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a picture of yeah. him, and there's a, there's a video, too. So. Uh, definitely got to look at that. Okay, so to crap on that story now. Uh, <laughs> I love it when you crap on yourself. <clears throat> well, that, it, go ahead. So that, that happens regularly. Yeah, it kind of does. A lot of sharding. <laughs> uh, public warned to watch out for Randy Randy Deer. Randy! Randy! Deer as mating season <laughs> begins in Epping Forest. This is from the Guardian. Uh, <laughs> Guardian.co.uk. Begins where? Huh? Where did you say it was? In Epping Forest. Uh, Mother Epping Forest? <laughs> Ep that place. <laughs> Somebody hashtagging that, right? <laughs> the mother my Epping favorite, Forest. My favorite place to go in Orlando. Epcot. Eppingcot. <laughs> Eppingcot Forest. I like Guys, we we've made a long way before we said an F. I like when we get calls to Effingham, Illinois. Yeah, I know. We went to go fix the effing bars at the effing Starbucks know, right? in Effingham. Uh, Effingham. Anyway, <laughs> drivers and dog walkers have been warned to steer clear of Randy Deer. In Epping Forest, as mating season begins, deer in the forest have now entered what is known as rutting season. That's what, what? I generally call it, too. Uh, you know, like once a week, every Friday. And males will become highly aggressive as they attempt to fight off rivals to attract female deer. Same. Uh, Epping Read Forest. Officer Ed knows right here. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Proceed. Uh, Proceed. Had a massive turgid prong. <laughs> It stop, stop, stop. <laughs> You would even say it grows Say it's long All of the other reindeer 
uh, deer in the forest. Oh, anyway, so uh, Epping, <laughs> Epping Forest Council. <laughs> I just hear effing now. Epping Forest Council's warn residents this will make the animals less aware of dangers around them, such as cars and bikes on the roads. Generally, when I go into rutting season, I don't pay much attention to anything else either. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Kane, uh, who's somebody, uh, accidents on the road involving deer increase at this time of year. Motors should take extra care when driving through the forest in rural parts of the district. The rutting season has begun. It goes on until late November. Deer are particularly active at dawn and dusk. So, you know, a little morning nookie, a little evening nookie, that kind of thing. Did you do it all for them? <laughs> the deer did. Did they do it all? <laughs> they did it all for the nookie. Is it all about um, that he said, she said? Unfortunately, this coincides with commuting hours, which are often the busiest times of the day. They can take that cookie and shove it up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> shove, it shove it up there. Yeah. Shove um, it up there. Yeah. Uh, they can appear. Anyway, deers are pack animals and often move in groups. If you see one, others Your are like. mom's a pack animal. <laughs> So the next time Matt says, you know, I've been in a real rut lately. This is what he's up to. <laughs> he's just he's just busy, busy jerking it and spraying it around everywhere. Deer are pack animals and often move in groups. If you see one. I'm in a rut. Oh, oh those are likely to start yanking your crank again, right? <laughs> uh, I was going to make a yanking crank noise, but. They, they can appear without warning and present a great greater risk in other wildlife because of their large size. Uh, same. Thank you. <laughs> Anyway, I'm done. That's all I've got. Fantastic. So. Uh, to follow so, that, watch out for to horny, follow that turn. Watch out for horny deer. Love birds. This is from the New York Post. So, yeah. oh my god, what was that? What the hell was that? Just an explosion. Jeez. God. Scared what? the hell out I of me right there. Uh, from the New York Post. So you know, take this with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, lovebirds claim they can orgasm for 18 hours straight from hugging. Yeah, I saw this. I no, whatever. You have a problem. It must be stings, kids. <laughs> uh, some ki- some <laughs> couples don't, some couples don't need a date night but, to warm them but up. That, but that sex talk was awkward. Los Angelinos, Melanie and Scott McClure, the McClures. Do you know don't what even for- need wait, wait, physical wait, wait. contact. Do you know what their foreplay is? Eye contact. <laughs> The the tantra here you M- go much like Michael and I the tantra yeah. practitioners so yeah uh-huh. they must be stings kids yeah say they're so turned on by each other they can have orgasms without touching what's more they claim those but climaxes why? can last for hours no no so okay when you're climaxing for hours are you just like is it like a like a garden hose you can't turn off or you need to see a doctor if that goes on for hours so the British I'm just gonna read the rest of this the British show. <laughs> This morning, interviewed the glowy couple about the difference between orgasm and climax, and co-host Philip Schofield pressed Scott on the practice. Did he actually press him uh, on the practicality? But did he of orgasm when he pressed him? Tearing up the sheets for hours on end, you'd be an empty shell. He says disbelievingly, "You can orgasm without the drain of energy." Replied Scott, who's forty-seven. His wife Melanie, thirty-three. That's agrees. just drugs, man. The longer we make love, the more energized we get. Both of us. Asked about the intensity of the orgasm, Scott says, it's much more powerful and intense, a full-body experience. We're shocked the neighbors haven't called the cops on us yet. What? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with this. I, I, okay. Listen, I love an orgasm as much as the next guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't totally know that I, totally I don't, on board the orgasm. I don't know that I really... Pastor's podcast, pro-orgasm. <laughs> Very pro-orgasm for males and females, yes. all right? Let's Orgasms just, all around. Let's just go ahead and get that. It is an... It, it is a, you get an orgasm, and you get an orgasm, and you get an orgasm. podcast in Orgasm Bonanza. All yeah. right, we get We're it. literally throwing out orgasms yes. like Donald like Trump open, throws out. Like uh, paper towels. Paper towels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Totally pro-orgasm. I don't think I want one for hours on end. Yeah, like... <sighs> Like, wouldn't that get to the I'm, point where it would just be really uncomfortable? That sounds like a superhero problem. Like, they found out they're superhero. They just haven't <laughs> figured out how to control it yet. That's what it sounds like. It's like Spidey whenever he, before he, he just well, I think blowing your room, shit everywhere. Say, if, if, if your room would look like Spider-Man was there. <laughs> I would think with so. With orgasms well, I get, on it. Like, and, and if you're not inside of one another, whatever... You're really you're just blowing that all over the room, right? Like <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to do. No, with here's this the story. thing. Okay, I read so this wait, story. So wait, I read wait, this wait, story wait. like three times, and I was like, I don't, I don't, so I don't get it. Physiologically, I think it takes like twenty minutes to re, like minimum to reload the gun, so to speak. Yeah, like I think physio, like I think that's physiologic. Like that's what it takes. So like he's like not, you just think at some point his prostate would just be like, dude, freaking stop. <laughs> I feel like I this, can only do so much. I, feel I like, have a small gland near your anus. I cannot take this anymore. Please sting. <laughs> stop doing this. I think this guy owns stock in gray, gray sweatpants. Because <laughs> he just has to change them so often. He just buys those <laughs> not even like freaking wet wipes or something. <laughs> Jeez. I I'm calling I'm just calling bullshit on this I I don't I I just I, man, I, I would I would question what they're thing, like, I would question what they're defining as an orgasm like yeah it can't be with like blowing load like because <laughs> <laughs> because like again it takes twenty minutes to reload the gun so like he's not just blowing I, I blowing know, baby man. yogurt everywhere yeah, like I I, I just I, I don't know I. <laughs> I got nothing. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what to do with like this after an hour. I'm like, man, I'm just. I'm gonna go check Facebook. Like, right? I mean, like, I I love. Any, I love sex. Good, I love making good, love to my any wife. Any good thing extended out yes. forever becomes Stop. not a good thing. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. At some point, there has to just be a point where I am tired of orgasming. Like, you need <laughs> you need to learn moderation for real. Everything moderate, in moderation. Moderate your orgasm. You need. You need to moderate that jizz. Seriously. For sure. Man. Like, God. I know. Anyway. I know I have four orgasms. So now for, a, now for a better story, I guess. No, Does not it get guess. better? Than... It's a better story. Okay. Celebrity chef brings 45,000 yeah. meals to Puerto Rico and won't stop there. I love this guy. Okay. Yeah. I knew about this. I watch a lot of Food yeah, you Network, posted a lot this, of travel channel. I knew about this guy. Guy Fieri? Is that no. who it is? Yeah, that's right. It's Guy Fieri. <laughs> yeah. He's giving everyone in Puerto Rico diabetes uh, <laughs> and diarrhea yeah. as well. Uh, Jose, <laughs> Chef Jose Andres, okay, born in Spain, uh, has restaurants all over the country. He started a restaurant in D.C., I think is where he opened his first uh, restaurant. This dude is legit. I've seen interviews with him. As passionate as you can get of a human being mm -hmm. about not just about food, about cooking, about life, this dude's legit. So... He's been in Puerto Rico cooking and delivering thousands of daily meals for hungry survivors of Hurricane Maria, and he's only getting started. He says, we have big dreams because people have big needs. Uh, today alone, he says the crew from his nonprofit World Central Kitchen will be giving away 45,000 meals. I love the word nonprofit. 10,000 sandwiches. However, the NFL is technically a nonprofit, well, so yeah. 10,000 right. sandwiches, 10,000 chicken with rice dishes, paella galore, 
cooked up in huge roadside pots and even hot dogs and burgers. It probably tastes awesome too. Oh, this yeah. yeah. I mean, this guy's like he's literally yeah. a world class yeah, yeah, chef. Yeah. This isn't just some dude at Applebee's yeah. like calls himself a chef. He's throw, like throwing grade D burgers on the grill. Uh, the supermarkets around here they have no food, and he reported using his hashtag chefs for Puerto Rico. But people have their hopes up. You can see them smiling, and they don't complain. Awesome. The chef known for his restaurants in Washington D.C. also announced on Twitter that he and his volunteers have set up a kitchen in the area where there's no electricity or water, and hopes to be able to deliver a hundred thousand meals daily by the end of the week. That's nuts. Once again, the kingdom of God is that looks like a chef. Yeah. Who is? And, well, the, and this isn't just a guy directing shit. This is a yeah. guy down in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Like yeah. spearheading this whole thing. Yeah. Cooking amassing volunteers to get this stuff done and figuring out what needs to be done and meeting those needs. This guy is a legit yeah. human being. Yeah. Uh, so Chef Jose Andres, if you find yourself in the Washington, D.C. area, go spend $8,000 and eat at one of his restaurants. Give the man, give the man your money. He, I, Like I said, I've seen... If you've never seen, seen interviews with this guy, he's unbelievable. He's just a super passionate, super joyful person. And he's. this is what it looks like to be a joyful person. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was yep. sick and in prison, you visited yep. me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. So when just I was a, naked, you clothed me. Just a, just a freaking great story. Yep. So there you go. All right, Michael. You went how from you, How super, are you going to ruin this? Super, no, 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 no. You went from super profane well, to I super thought, profound. Yeah, no, I, thought I, would, I thought I would, you know, redeem. You're pretty proud of that. I thought, you, no, I just I thought, thought I'd I redeem Sting's kids. Um, Poor Sting's kids. Orgasm marathon. <laughs> Dun, dun, da, 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 dun, 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 dun. That's a, that's the music that goes on while they're doing it. They just All listen right. to Inagata David on repeat. <laughs> Mars mission may be all female to avoid astronauts from having sex during 1.5 year journey. Um, wait, so wait, wait, so they don't females understand can't that lesbians <laughs> exist. Uh, <laughs> apparently not. So while several NASA missions sounds like, sounds like the start of a really bad porn film is what that sounds like. Yeah. Or a really good porn. <laughs> yeah, potato, 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 potato. There's no good porn films. Potato, good porn. No, you're right. Potato. Um, it's a joke, Michael. Relax. While calm, Seth, calm your tits. Hold on. I'll help, Michael. <laughs> Sounds like the start of a really good porn film. Does that help? It's a no. joke. No, okay. not, a, not a good joke. Right. You're, um, never mind. Uh, anyway, so while several <laughs> NASA missions have involved mixed crews, uh, a secret report by the space agency suggests that uh, the mission to Mars could be all-female, um, basically to avoid sex. Also, women work better as a team. True. Well, that's probably And not. are less likely to fight over <laughs> who is the leader than men are. Um, yeah. It was a is a suggestion that was filed some years that ago. That mission's not going to happen. Yeah, I, going to Mars? They're or not. Just, they're, yeah. We're not sending humans. to I'm Mars. I'm deeply skeptical that that's. You're ever sending them happen. there to die. Yeah, for sure. Like, I yeah, I just don't understand. Elon the point. Musk is planning on doing. Spoiler a city. alert: This is the only planet we have, and it, that's not going to change. That's not going to change. So, like this idea that yeah. we're going to like screw off out of here and yeah. like find a new planet. The, the next closest planet Sorry. takes a year and a half to yeah. get to. Like it, it it's is not, gonna, and it's literally no. uninhabitable. Yeah. So let's just stop with the charade and understand yeah. that we don't fix this one. We're screwed. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, unless, <laughs> unless sky daddy fixes it. So there is, so there is something else I want to add to like, this is a, a, a note towards the end of this article. It says, lack of gravity not only affects physical movement, but it also can cause issues with the body. But blood circulation is affected and could make it difficult for a man to get an erection. 
Yeah, I wonder that. In an article from for NASA, Lori Meggs, an AI signal research from AI signal research, says there's no gravity to pull blood into the lower part of the body. Oh. Instead, the blood goes to the chest and the head, causing so astronauts to have puffy faces get a boner in and space. bulging blood vessels in their necks. I'd probably give it a try. I wonder is that is have they ever tried? Has that ever been a NASA experiment? I don't know. Are they, have they, I'm sure somebody's jerked it in space. <laughs> Not if you can't. I mean, maybe they tried. I, tried. I don't think there's a lot of one of those anti challenge accepts. I tried. <laughs> challenge accepted. I don't. I don't think there's a lot of like a lot of like uh, private space in a space shuttle or the space station. But for science, Matt. For science, come on. <laughs> hey, could you guys go over to the other side of the space shuttle just for like 15? When a man loves a woman. <laughs> I can only climax if you're watching. Don't give me so I can finish. <laughs> Not direct eye contact. No. <laughs> Little league reference. Okay. Okay. Well. Uh, Indiana police shoots uh, an actor filming a robbery scene for a movie. Oh my god! Neat. <clears throat> um, Did so nobody call them and tell them this was happening? Crawfordsville, Indiana. Movie set turned all that too is real. Not far from here. No, it's less than an hour away. Uh, a movie set turned all too real for one actor when Indiana police officer fired a shot at him while he was filming a scene for a movie on Tuesday. Let me guess. He was black. Um, I, it does not uh, specify. Hmm. Um, I'm going to put pretty good money on the fact that he was. <laughs> well, he, he was wearing a ski mask and holding a gun, so... Yeah, but don't you have to clear all that? Like, I would think... Filming again, a movie, like, who's... Like, like, is nobody well, calling the cops? So, hey, we're filming. Was this like a YouTube movie? No, it was. Uh, it was. Was uh, it like a high school project? No, I don't think so. The guy's name is Jim Duff. The mm. actor's name, mm. Jim Duff. Never heard of her. Isn't that the beer? That, <laughs> isn't that the beer that? Uh, <laughs> that was a, actually a slip. I I don't know. It said never heard Jim of her. Jim Duff. Never heard of her. <laughs> oh, that was total slip up. Duffer never met her. Wasn't Duff the beer that uh, Homer drank? Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, so they told him to drop the gun, and he allegedly uh, turned it towards the officers. Oh, yeah, don't uh, do that. Oh, oh God. Told- okay, so I re- I totally rescind my <laughs> outrage at this. The dude deserved to be shot. When okay, you're told I to do it. something, uh, the only thing you, you don't do is turn towards the police while you're holding yeah, it. Yeah, for real. Um, you can't just hold up your hands and go, we're filming a movie. Yep. Yeah. Like where was everybody? Like there, so, there so were the cameras. cameras the cameras were inside the bar, so then it didn't catch any of it. Um, so he just walked outside the door of the film set and uh, inside this bar. Um, yep. So good times, Indiana man. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, fun fact: McDonald's is crushing Taco Bell and Burger King in states that have legalized marijuana. Really. Yep. I'm surprised. I, my money would have been on Taco Bell. I would. I would. Taco tacos are mm. the best late night. Like, oh, man. I'm out of my mind. Soft, food. soft tacos, fresco. Anything. Oh, my gosh. Like, give me a chalupa or get the hell out of my face. Marijuana consumers uh, prefer McDonald's. That I'm by I'm huge surprised. surprised. Although man, those fries. Damn those fries. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And apple pies. Hey, so, man, hey, Michael, why don't you get some fries for us? Michael, can you go get us some fries? Um, we'll carry the rest of the podcast. No, I'm good. So McDonald's had 24.1%. <coughs> Taco Bell had 17.8%. 
Uh, no, no. Eighteen uh, percent had Taco Bell. Seventeen point eight chose Wendy's, and seventeen point six percent chose Burger King. <laughs> the rest just ate Doritos. Man, Subway I could, came I could in spicy fifth chicken from place. Wendy's. That's a good sandwich. Hey, that's chicken a good sandwich. sandwich, man. Yeah, which one? Spicy chicken, spicy from, chicken Wendy's. from Wendy's. That's pretty dang nice tasty. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. God, now I'm hungry. I am too. All right, and waffle. Do we have more waffles? There's another one in there. Last story. Um, <laughs> Nintendo confirms that Mario was uh, originally punching Yoshi in the head. Wait, what? When Marshy, oh, when Marshy, <laughs> when, when Mario, uh, Super gets, Marshy Brothers, it, when, it's when a Yoshi, little lesser known title. It's the off brand. Uh, it's, it's the one you get at Dollar General. It's the Sega version. Um, so when Yoshi was spits his tongue out, it's because Mario is literally donkey punching, donkey punching Yoshi. <laughs> like he really is. Yep. yep. You stole my damn joke, buddy. Well, son of a gun. He's uh, donkey punching Yoshi. So, um, yeah, so that's that's the the, the news is that Mario, uh, while he's no longer way, a plumber, he if, is... If you don't know what donkey punching is, please, for the love of God, don't go to Urban Dictionary. No, go yeah. to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Um, Can we just read it on air? We no, should do that. No, come on, let's do nope. that. Yeah, come on. Do it. no, do no. It. Leave it up to everybody's imagination, and they can look it up themselves. It's terrible. No, it's better that way. Please don't read. Come it. on, please. please. So nope. Just let people look it up themselves. Michael, move on. Um, <laughs> you already, roll. I'm nope. already here. Nope. I'm here. Nope. What's What's more, you're not reading it. There's an added bop sound. However, people. However, it seemed people would say, poor Yoshi. Um, so that's what why it became that Marcia, Mario well, is saying. You just said Marshy again. Mar- <laughs> Mario is saying go. Don't. Uh, For God's sake, don't. <laughs> Michael, please say something else. Please move I on. I don't have anything okay, else. then we're done. Are we're we ready moving? to go yes. into Foofy? Yes, we are. <laughs> Matt's sitting here reading Urban Dictionary and losing it. Matt Matt looks like he just masturbated in space. His red is his face is red and puffy, and their no, veins coming I out. I won't, I won't read the definition. No, the, the, no. You know how they, you know how they no. give a sense. Yes, don't. It's I, I donkey punched your mother last night. <laughs> You gotta look up the definition. No, you don't really do don't. It's so bad. You really, really <laughs> don't. <sighs> I would like to take this time to publicly apologize to Hilary McBride and any subsequent listeners who came to listen to her. Oh my god. Um, oh, we boy. apologize. Yeah. I feel like we need. I need one of your uplifting stories in order to to. to How about some Tom Petty? Okay, let's oh, hear man, Tom that Petty. That sucks. Oh God, it's one of the best opening guitar it just riffs ever. Is. Freaking R.I.P. Tom, man. That yeah. one. That one that hurt. Sucked. That hurt. That hurt like when Prince died and Bowie. Prince is dead to me. So good. That dude could write a rock song, boys. That one's that one's a loss. I 
Okay, I was never a massive Prince fan, a massive uh, Bowie fan. Liked them. You, you, you recognize music genius. God, Petty, everything yeah. he wrote was a hit. It was good. All of it oh was good. God, it was just, yeah. Even his man. later stuff, man, like uh, Moja, the album Moja. Oh, listen, my Listen to the album. I've, I've listened to the album Wildflowers three times this week, uh, top to bottom. It is a perfect rock album. Yeah. Perfect. Top Honey to bottom. Honey oh, mm. The whole thing. The whole album. Mm. Oh. Wildflowers is one of the sweetest songs yeah. ever written. Anyway. All right. That, All right. Tom's jamming with, jam with Prince right now. So And Bowie. Man, yep. that one hurt. Yep. Go ahead. All right. Hillary L. McBride is a therapist, researcher, speaker, and writer. Her debut book comes out October 31st and is available on Amazon for pre-order. The book is entitled Mothers, Daughters, and Body Image, Learning to Love Ourselves as We Are. You should buy a bunch and give them out as Halloween yep. treats. We'll Absolutely. have links at your door. A, a link in the show notes. Um, for Let's you to, make her a New York Times bestseller, kids. Um, link in the show notes. Order it. Uh, we're also going to be giving away three copies on Twitter. Uh, we'll have that tweet up shortly after the podcast is in the in the sky. Um, <laughs> all you have to do is, is like it and uh, or follow us and then uh, retweet. Yep. Yep. So if you want to like it too, that's fine too. Yep. So, um, and then we'll be giving away three copies. Obviously, we can't give them away now because right. the book doesn't come out till October thirty first. But we yep. will pre order it for you so you can get it the on day of. The day of or, or the day after, depending yeah. on how Amazon works in your neighborhood. They, they generally get them out on time. Like yeah. Where you get yeah, they the do. Day I usually about the day they mm-hmm. come I've out. I've only had yeah. like one or two where it, it yeah. showed up late. Um, so, yeah. Um, find find her book. Yeah. Order it. Do yep. it. Uh, it's in Absolutely. the show notes. Stop what you're doing. Pause that. Yep. All right. <laughs> I should also mention that Hillary uh, sent us some yes. ingredients for yes, a, a lovely beverage called Caesar. It's a, right, it's a Canadian Bloody Mary. Yeah, with it's got clams in it. It doesn't no, have it has, actual clams has, in it, Michael. It has clam ground, juice, ground up clam. No, it, does. it doesn't. It's basically a Bloody Mary with clam juice, and the clam juice is not. It's very. You, I under, didn't taste it's no very clam. Understated. I tasted. I tasted. So anybody Bloody that's Mary. going, Ugra, yeah. it was a delicious drink. Yes, I drank I liked it. the crap out of. My I don't mind. like Bloody Marys, and that was actually. I like that one a little bit better than a Bloody Caesar Mary. Caesar mix and vodka. And uh, some delicious salt she sent yeah. us. Yeah, it's made. It's made put around the rim yeah. with lime juice. It's it made delicious. locally in Vancouver, I think. Yeah, or it's, it's put together locally in Vancouver. Yeah, it very was, good. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I drank the crap out of mine. And so. you put you put a lime around the rim and yep. a pickle. Yep, and, yep. A, and a dill pickle. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very good. very good. Yep. Yep. Thanks, Hillary. You're yep. the best. All right, here it is, Hillary L. McBride. Hello, are you guys drinking Caesars yet? Yep. We are. Yes, we are. Check we out the Instagram feed. Just oh, got them. I'm sorry. I'm busy recording a very important interview. I can't Instagram right now. <laughs> oh, dang it. Important, With important might be a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Who else are you talking to? Fun? Yeah. fun? Let's go with fun. Yeah. Let's, fun? Not go with, let's not go with important. Let's go with fun. Oh, <laughs> you're important. Um, not to the two-star review we got last night. Oh, no. gosh. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> Some tires need to get slashed, obviously. Yeah. We're going to jump right into it. We are drinking Caesars. And they're delicious, by the way. <laughs> it's a it's a Canadian Bloody Mary. That's that's what I'm calling it. Made with beaver placenta. Indeed. Right? <laughs> it's it's like heavy. That in there? <laughs> Mine is, is very thick on the placenta. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, it's very clam-malicious. 
Stop now. Stop they are, they are right delicious. Now. I will and say it's very good. We put a pickle in it too. I think it's actually. I feel like it's. A, I feel like it's a little more mild than a Bloody Mary. Like as far it as is. the flavor, it's not as quite as in your face. Okay. But very good. Yeah. Definitely I like, I like, and the, I like salt. the assault. Yeah, it's really oh, good. Oh, the salt rim is the best. So those are local Vancouver people, um, who made that stuff that I sent you. So you're supporting the Vancouver scene. Awesome. Thank you, Vancouver nice. Caesar scene. Hi, Vancouver Caesar scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> awesome. So we're, we've got you on. You're also going to come on next week or next week. Next yeah, month, surprise. as well. You're going to come on just every <laughs> week. Hillary. Every week. This is the new plan. Um, too much. You would have. You would get tired of us very quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's better if we space you out every three or four months. That way, you have a break. That I can cope. Yes, you need some recovery time for yes. sure. You, you need to get therapy yourself in between. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've got a book coming out. Uh, in yeah. October 31st. Everyone needs to go ahead and just pre-order that right now. Uh, we will have links in the show notes as well. Oh, thanks you guys. I appreciate that. Um, but, but so you're here to talk about body image. Yeah. So, so. I want to like talk about like, you're really good at this. So defining the terms of like mm. body image, what is body image? What is healthy body image? What is unhealthy mm-hmm. body image? Yeah. So is that where we want to start? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Well, so body image, actually, it's a kind of contentious topic that there's lots of different people who academically would agree and disagree on what it is. But generally, it comes down to a person's evaluation of their appearance. So it's how how they feel, how they think, how they perceive about kind of what they look like and how they kind of move through the world in terms of being a, a physical body. Um I have some, there's some debate, and actually I'm writing a big paper about this right now, but the difference between body image and embodiment, and embodiment would be kind of the phenomenological experience of being being a body, so not just having an appearance, but also what about the interoceptive cues that we experience, things like feeling full, things like feeling strong, things like feeling energy and movement that remind us that we are experiencing the world and living in the world in a body, and through a body, and that appearance is one part of that, but it's not all of it. So some people would say that body image includes some of the things I'm defining as embodiment, but generally those are part of the conversation as well, that bodies aren't just how they look, but also they they do a lot of really cool stuff and they make it possible for us to live in the world. So when we think about body image, generally for the most part, um, when it's healthy, people are looking at their appearance, people are perceiving their appearance and their body in a way that is adaptive. So not perfect, but um, seeing their body as something that's incredible and beautiful and unique and um, maybe doesn't look like other people's, but that's okay. And so there's this adaptability and flexibility to say, like, I can pick up on the sociocultural messages around bodies, but I don't necessarily have to agree that those are right for me, or I can say that they're different than how I look, but I'm okay with that because I know that appearance is only one dimension of who I am and isn't necessarily the most important way to be a valuable person in this world. So healthy body image also includes the ability to be adaptive and flexible on on days when you're not feeling so great about how you look, the ability to to bounce back from that and say things like, um, 
I know that maybe my body doesn't look the way that it used to, and I'm kind of disappointed about that, but my body is really amazing for helping me get around and through the world. And so even though I'm not thrilled about how I look today, I can still be appreciative that I exist and that my body exists and that it helps me move and accomplish things and hug people and make love and eat and dance and do all of that kind of stuff. So there's a, a notion of adaptability and flexibility inherent in the, the definition of healthy body image, which accounts for the fact that there are hard days sometimes and that that's okay. doesn't mean that you're uh, defective or you have psychopathology if you look at yourself in the mirror some days and go, oh man, this is, you know, I, maybe I'm not thrilled. So it sounds like you're, what you're saying is that body image is actually just the key to body. Would you say the key to body image a, a healthy body image would be to just be a, a more healthy, holistic person in general. Like, yeah, go I ahead. think yeah. so. Yeah. Cause I think that lets us account for all of the amazing things that our body does that we can kind of take joy in on those days when we're not feeling super great about our appearance. But I think when you're looking at things holistically too, and like I tend to bring this up every time we talk, but as a feminist, I'm also really critical of the discourse around bodies in a way that mm. supports capitalist structures. Mm. Like there are companies out there that profit from us hating how we look. Right. Yeah. And so we have to be super critical about where we learned to hate what we look like and who benefits from us hating what we look like. And so when you can say, okay, there's a story in my head that my body isn't great and that I actually feel really bad about that because my society has told me that that's a way to feel valuable as a member of society, then maybe I can shift the evaluation of my self-worth to, to being something more complex than just appearance alone. Huh. Yeah. Well, that answers that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, uh, John Mayer's song... Uh, <laughs> My body is a wonder. Your body is a wonderland. Uh, beneficial, <laughs> not body, beneficial. My body is a wonderland. Can you imagine? That would be an amazing song. Like just him <laughs> lathering himself up with soap, having some like body positive. Yeah, <laughs> it would be fantastic. Oh, I feel, really I feel like we just got to look inside Hillary's mind. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Hillary, I feel like Hillary just went to therapy, and we are the psychiatrist. Her, her studies covered with John Mayer posters. No, you know. I read, I read a quote by him about him using pornography rampantly. Oh. And that he uh, watches porn first thing in the morning every day when he gets up. <laughs> and I remember hearing that and thinking, like, I have a very hard time having respect for that song. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, like, okay, so your, your body is great, but I'm treating it as a sexual object for my pleasure and reducing you to something that, satisfies me sexually um how about you are a wonderland how about all of you your quirks your idiosyncrasies including the unsexy parts including the parts that are challenging for me and don't look like a woman in pornography that would be a song that i would sing all of you is a wonderland <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you drop your ne when you drop your next mixtape after the book's oh. done you can oh, you can put that absolutely. on there <laughs> that one yeah a cover of um What's her name? Sarah McLaughlin. You guys always play that song. <laughs> the Arms of the Angel. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah that's oh, that's really funny. Okay, so what? Uh, everybody knows that. I mean, marketing is is probably mm -hmm. the biggest enemy of of a healthy body image because they. I mean, they prey on our insecurities. They prey on. I mean, I I I 
put myself in this. Uh, this is Brad, by the way. I have a horrible body image. Mm, um, sorry to hear that. I always, I always, I'm not even remote. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> God, you're the worst. Sorry, I do. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God. Therapeutic, but that's just just really pulled me out of that. that you space. asked for it, Hillary. What, what do you expect? <laughs> okay, so anyway, but what I was saying was, um, I, I always like I'm not large by any stretch of the imagination, but I still have a pretty mm-hmm. terrible body image, and you know, a lot of that I think is with the rise of Instagram and the you know what I mean. Like mm. you see Instagram models, you know, guys. I mean, I like yeah, they're they're, they're ripped. They're you know, like everything is perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it infects guys too. So it's, I don't think it's, I think it's, you know, oh. mostly a woman problem, but I think it's also, in, it's starting, I think more and more to sort yeah. of affect, affect men. What can Absolutely. anybody do to fight that? Like, mm. yeah. So there's, there's actually three very specific things that you can do. One of them would be, um, having some media literacy. So starting to, whenever you see images that are, are, um, probably going to add to the body shame voice. So, you know, those images you see where when you look at them right away, you think, oh gosh, I don't look like that. Or you start to feel kind of badly about yourself or you be all of a sudden become aware of how the line or the hem of your pants is snug against your tummy, right? Those photos that actually make you aware of what you look like in a way, instead of looking at the photo, that start thinking critically about those in those moments, that can be really helpful. So saying to yourself, like, that's, that's a person's job in their life to look like that. So they put tons and tons and tons of work into even just getting to that place. And then they have a full team of people who support that image to look that way. And it's edited and people, real people who have real lives and are fulfilling, um, some of their purposes and calling callings generally don't look like that. Um, and so you can remind yourself to think critically about those images that we, that's what we call media literacy is being aware of what happens in media in a way that makes us feel bad about ourselves. The second thing is that you can actually start to do things that make you appreciate your body. So be active, um, move your body. Dancing is actually, believe it or not, a super fantastic way to create some body appreciation because it has nothing to do with um, trying to appear a certain way when you're doing it for the pleasure of just movement. It's about like, I just want to move my body in time with music. And so it literally, literally no one wants to see me do that. I think you should put it on Instagram. I was going to say Instagram that shit, man. That's everybody wants to see that. Like a month, like a month, um, release. I guess it's less than a month, but like leading up to my book release, a video of you every day dancing <laughs> to a different song. I think that's to a like great really, idea. really just kind of reduce body shame for other people. <laughs> that's the way of saying, if I can do this, you can do this too. It's actually like a, it's a mental health advocacy act, I think. <laughs> do it, so do good. it. That shit is not going to happen. <laughs> I do appreciate your <laughs> advice though. But think about it. Like if you saw your social media account saturated with stuff like that and people who just like loved being in their bodies and weren't f- feeling any shame about it, it, it tends to liberate us. It tends to make mm-hmm. us feel like, oh, yeah, like I, I don't have to feel shame about myself either. There is something contagious about the joy and the vulnerability of being okay with who you are. So 
being media literate and then kind of moving your body in ways that help you feel connected to who you are. Cause you're not, believe it or not, you're not just a series of neurological firings inside a skull. You are so much more than that. Like we, our brain is chief sometimes in terms of determining what our behavior is like and how we experience and perceive things, but it's a very small part of what it means to be a human. And actually your brain's connected to a spinal cord and a nervous system. That means that your toes and your, your frontal lobe are intimately connected. So anything that helps you get into your whole body and remind yourself that you're more than just an image can be really helpful. And then when you're in your body, remind yourself as well, wow, doesn't this feel good that I can I can move my body in this way. So pairing the movement with some gratitude. So often I'll say to women who compulsively exercise that I'm treating in therapy, how about next time you go for a walk, you see what your feet feel like when they hit the ground. And you see what it would be like if you went out and actually walked up to one of those trees that you're walking past and you touched it and you felt what the bark felt against, felt like against the inside of your palms. And you realize that your legs and your feet by hitting the ground, they took you to that tree. And that your body is this thing that allows you to move through the world and experience beauty and pleasure and joy and intensity and sadness and longing and joy, all of it, hunger, that your body is the vehicle for everything. It's the home for everything. So we're, again, shifting the focus away from appearance alone into these other dimensions of being a body and having a body. And then I think the last thing that's really important, because we're social creatures that exist in community and our desire and our need for belonging is so important for our survival, psychologically, physically, um, and we understand evolution, like the, the understanding of the evolutionary role of social context makes a lot of sense of why as humans we're so fixated on what the people around us believe and think and what they think about us. But if you have a community of people who uphold and create intentional dialogue about body acceptance and being okay with who you are, then it makes it easier to start to adapt that for yourself because you know you don't have to choose between belonging um, or a healthy body image. You can have both. So I found in my recovery from eating disorder and my journey to begin to love my body, both how it looks and how it feels and moves, was to be a part of a community of women who who were critical of um, appearance standards, who could push back on those, who were media literate, who we we don't sit around and watch chick flicks, we don't read magazines, we don't talk about celebrities. Um, we sit around and we talk about feminist discourse and we talk about the politics of space and what it means to take up space as a woman. And so those, those conversations remind me anytime there's a, a shame thought that pops up about my appearance, oh, wait, my community cares that I'm a part of it and they don't want me to disappear and take up less space as a way of making them more comfortable. They actually want more of me and they want more of my body and they want more of my mind. And we can talk about the way that our culture makes it impossible to be satisfied with who we are. And so those those relationships provide this framework for feeling both a sense of belonging and a resistance to culture at the same time. So I don't have to sacrifice one for the other. So you mentioned those three things and I thought of this when you mentioned the second one, but I think it applies to all three that you mentioned that Mm. essentially it comes down to being here now in the moment as opposed to, you know, you live, you know, you can either live in the past, which is about regret or you can live in the future, which is about anxiety 
or yeah. you can be in that moment and, and you apply that to, to your body image. I mean, you can regret yeah. how you used to look. You can be anxious about how you're going to look in the future, or you can just yeah. be right here right now, feel the tree, feel your feet hitting the pavement, that sort of thing. Absolutely. That's a great way of saying it. And I think that that's such an important part of being a healthy person just in general is to be present. And so many of the things that we do, um, and with our time and with our energy pull us out of the present often because being in the present feels painful, but it feels painful because it's not something that it used to be or that it would be in the future. And so it's this circular logic that even being present is painful at times, but if we can learn to be in the present, but then also accepting of the present, then it allows us to experience the fullness of what's happening in that moment. I remember hearing someone recently talk about when they started meditating that food tasted better because they were actually hmm. tasting it. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Something about um, the process of being able to be present and in your body exploding the boundaries of phenomenology, kind of the, the, the phenomena in the moment that you can really be in them and that there's this natural thing that happens when we're really seeing things as they are. And that's this kind of wonder this wonder that things are. Mm -hmm. There's a, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Heidegger and his work, but he has um, generally like this, uh, it's similar to what I've talked about before with you guys, the Martin Buber, I, thou, and I, yep. it. Yeah. Heidegger talks about um, two ways of being in the world as well. And one is, one is about just kind of existing and relating to the world. And the other one is about is called the ontological way of being. And what he's saying is that sometimes there's something really powerful about seeing that things just are. And that when we see that things just are, there's a, a natural awe and wonder that comes from them. If we can pull ourselves back from what things should be or what we've been told that the way that they were or should be in someone else's eyes, that if we, ex if we kind of experience that they are, that there's a natural appreciation and gratitude that comes. And so it makes me think about what that would be like for us to do with our bodies to say like, and my, my husband's really funny. Like we, we call these internet moments in our family because <laughs> what happens is I, I kind of freak out and have this existential awareness that the internet exists and it's all around us at all the times. And I kind of have, <laughs> my mind and so sometimes I'll be like, can you believe that we have toes <laughs> He's like having an internet moment. <laughs> like mind is being blown by something that just is. I'm like, I know, but it is. And it's amazing. And it's funny how often I don't think about my toes, but when I do, I'm like, wow, I need all of them. They're so important. <laughs> and so if we can just be with something and consider it and marvel it, I know this sounds kind of abstract for some people when they're like, I don't really have time for that. But we don't really have time to beat the shit out of ourselves either because we think we don't like how we look. I would rather spend my time appreciating and having wonder and awe about the fact that we exist in bodies. I'd rather do that than be perseverating on what I ate for lunch and how many calories it was yeah. and right. if someone was going to love me or not because of that. Like we're wasting a ton of time doing that too. We might as well put our time somewhere where it actually helps us be present and engaged. Yep. Totally Preach. agree. So not to turn this into a Brad therapy session. Uh, well, we did Michael last time, yeah, so it's your turn. That's all right. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in November. That's right. Uh, so I, I, this is kind of a weird question. So yeah, let's hear it. I've always, I've always talked to my wife and told her, like, mm. really the only thing that keeps me from just ballooning into, like, a 400-pound person is just sheer vanity, mm. which is just another word for insecurity, really. Mm if you think about it, but, 
that also, in a lot of ways, keeps me healthier. Mm, yeah. Like my motivation to eat healthier and to when I occasionally go through bouts where I feel like exercising is just sheer vanity. Hmm. Is that, is there an element of health to that or is it, am I just completely screwed? <laughs> oh, we're all completely screwed. Oh, well that's. We're, we're, li- we're alive. There's inevitable death coming at us at every moment. So. Especially for us in America, you guys, yeah. are fine. you guys will be fine in Canada. So yes, we're all screwed, but that's because we're all on a journey, like fighting the pain of life. Um, that's the kind of my nihilism coming out. But <laughs> what I would say is that there's, um, there could be a positive byproduct of that. Of you, the vanity keeping you doing things that actually in the end kind of preserve some health. So I wonder about actually changing the motivation and not necessarily the behavior. If you, what if you were to do those same things, but do them because you believe that you had worth and value? Hmm. What if you were to do the same things because you believe that, that as a, um, as a vessel or as a person who exists in relationship with other people who love and value you, that taking care of yourself is a way to say that I'm honoring my community and I want to be around for a long time to experience life with the people who love me. So it's not necessarily then about changing behavior. I think watching, watching what you eat and getting some exercise and trying to work on your inner narrative about how you look, those are all really great things, but could you do them from a place of feeling like you you know that you deserve to be cared for. And instead of waiting for someone else to care for you, you're going to do it for yourself. Hmm. Okay, so my, Matt and Michael are going to finish this. I'm going to go cry in the bathroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did that hit something for you? <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, it's... How does that make you feel, Brad? It's not that you were saying anything that I don't... I didn't already mm-hmm. understand in some You said level. it a lot better than we could, though. Well, for sure. Well, you guys generally just tell me I'm a piece of shit most of the time. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I was about that with you guys. Like how much of it is joking? Sometimes, honestly, when I'm listening to the podcast, I'm <laughs> say nice things to each other sometimes. <laughs> we do off air. Good. Okay. Off air. Yeah, okay. Do. Sometimes. Okay. You so got to give the people what they want, Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what the people want? <laughs> He's writing a one-star, one-star review saying there was too many negative comments about co-hosts. Just we everything. won't read it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, were you gonna no, I, I, you know, I, a lot of what you're saying, I, I, have kind of in some way, in some level, understood that. I'm just not sure how to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and my wife and I talk, she adores me. She thinks mm. I'm attractive. I adore her. She thinks she's attractive. She doesn't have a great body image either. Mm. Um, we're never a part of like shaming one another. Um, constantly go out of our way to let each other person know we, I appreciate you. I love you. I think you look great, whatever. Mm-hmm. How do I, I don't, I don't know how to get from point A to point B in that. Like, is, is, so are, where you're are, taking care of yourself? Right. Where I'm, where I'm doing mm-hmm. those things where I'm eating healthier, where I'm exercising from a mm-hmm. more healthy place mentally. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't understand. I don't know how to get from point A to point B. You don't know what that sounds like, or you don't know how to motivate yourself to do that. Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. Little column yeah. A, little column B. I'm not sure. You have kids, right? Yep. Yeah. So one of the best motivators is to say, I'm not going to let myself think anything about myself that I don't want my kids to think about themselves when they grow up. Oh, well, that's, that's pretty, uh, there you go. <laughs> That'll do it. Your right? shit's in the mail, Hillary. No, it's really, that's actually really, I don't, I, I feel like I owe her like a hundred bucks or something. <laughs> um, 
I think that it's, it's funny how you can love your kids and understand how to take care of them. But when it comes to that care being turned towards yourself, sometimes we don't know how to do that. And what's interesting is often we don't know how to do that because we don't know what it's like to have that modeled for us. So if we're always, if we're always understanding that self-esteem or self-value is um, a product of what other people are saying to us, then we're constantly relying on other people to feed that part of us. But if, if we're starting to establish an idea, particularly in your home and with your kids, that, that here's what loving yourself and taking care of yourself actually looks like, then they have a model and a picture of what it's like to live that way as an adult. So generally we don't, um, I'm guessing probably for your generation, you had parents who were kind of like, uh, Protestant work ethic, do the really hard thing, don't really make room for pleasure and joy and take care, taking care of themselves. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So we have to model for kids uh, what it looks like to be a healthy person who not only appreciates the input and feedback from other people, but also knows on a self-sufficient level what it's like to be worth caring for. So unless that's modeled for us, and this comes out of research, Brene Brown's research and lots of research about attachment relationships and what kind of inner dialogues get passed intergenerationally, which is also a, a, one of the themes in my book. But if you don't have modeled for you what it looks like to be an adult who takes care of yourself, then you have no idea how to actually do that with that inner discourse when it's your turn because you you had no one show you that. Right. So it's great to praise your kids and say, kids, I love you. We love how you look. Bodies come in different sizes and shapes and however you look, we're going to love you. But actually that's only as good as the things that you tell them when they're young and they're developing and when they start to think for themselves and be an autonomous adult, they need to remember, oh, this is what the story of an adult who takes care of themselves looks like. And this is what I heard my dad say on days when he felt kind of crappy about himself. He said, mm. you know, I don't feel great today, um, but my body does some really incredible things to me and I don't have to wait for myself to be perfect to have gratitude about who I am and what I did. And my body isn't the most important or my appearance isn't the most important thing about me. And so if it, I don't feel great about it, it doesn't have to take over my whole identity. Hmm. Well, once again, go. free podcast. You <laughs> <laughs> you if, you want, if anybody wants to send Hillary like a hundred dollars for that therapy, feel free. <laughs> Just order 10 of her books. Yeah, there you go. Ah, uh, yes, yes. That's a pretty, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, does that help answer that question? Yeah, Brad? absolutely. It does. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. I've got a lot to, a lot to chew on and think about actually. Right. So. Um, so let's say that you have a healthy body image, but your partner right. does not. What yeah. are some ways that a partner can help the other partner through that? Mm, yeah, I think that's hard because I think we want to fix it for the other person. And we want to say, if, if I just tell them I love how they look enough times, that'll fix it. But generally there's this problem that we have as human beings, which is if we don't believe something ourselves, then if someone else tells us either they're lying or we're lying and we tend to, that's what we call cognitive dissonance. Like, uh, their story doesn't match my story. Uh, so one of them isn't true, uh, to go on. I'm just going to discount what you said. So we tend to reject and push the things away from the other person hmm. or we try and take them in, but they don't land. Um, and we're only as good as the next comment that someone makes about our appearance. And so what we actually need to do is support the other person to work on their own stuff um, it might be helpful to, um, might be helpful to, so did you hear that? Yeah, yeah I, I was like, I was looking at our phones, looking around. No, you're fine. It just like went, it went to my computer. Maybe you guys can edit. Hopefully. Yeah. 
Hopefully we can edit that out. Yeah, that's um, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving it in. No! <laughs> Very important, I promise. No, just joking. Um, yeah, that there is this... Um, this thing that we can do by supporting the other person to know that they're valuable for more than how they look and to actually kind of de-emphasize appearance. So to praise them about other things and encourage them to think about things that they like about themselves and maybe even to encourage them to come up with the things that they appreciate about themselves and how they look. Uh, you can also do some kind of body positivity exercises, encourage them to like look at themselves in the mirror and point out things that they like about themselves. Um, you can create a culture in the family where there aren't as many mirrors around. Um, and you can just say, you know, I say things like, I, I like how you look no matter how you look. And how you look is only one part of who you are. You bring so much more to this world. And so it's okay for you to not like how you look today and still go on and have a fantastic day where you make a meaningful contribution to our family and to the world. So re reminding them that those bad body image days don't need to be the end of the world. Um I think you can also start to have questions like, or have discourse in the family, like, what, what is it that, um, what is it that's underneath that for you? And what can we do to help you feel like you can work on that? Do you want to talk about that more with me? Can we read some books together and talk about it? Do we need to change the kind of media that we're consuming as, as a couple? And then I think lastly, engaging in physical activity is important. It tends to create, like I was saying, this sense of embodiment that our body can do really amazing things. And then it's not just about appearance. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else as a partner. Oh, I think it's, like I was saying, it's really tempting to say to the person, like, don't think that way. You look great to want to kind of shut down the negative thought. But actually what we might need to do is join with them in, in kind of sharing the heaviness of that pain and that shame. And so what I might say to someone, you know, if I had a partner who felt that way, I would say something like, I know that's really hard for you. I know you've struggled with how you feel about how you look for a really long time. And it makes me sad that you can't see yourself the way that I see you. But I love you just the same, and I'm so glad you told me that you're hurting, and I'm never going to shame you for telling me about the stuff that's hard for you. Hmm. So what you're doing is you're joining with them and saying, you're not alone, and here's connection, and here's value, and here's belonging, even though X, Y, Z. Hmm. So you actually, you mentioned... Oh, this I, feel actually like, I feel like I just, I owe her another $100 for a marriage session now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you guys are quite the... Quite the bill here. <laughs> <laughs> you you mentioned, uh, you sort of mentioned like, sort of joining with that person and, and and not sort of like making the mistake of saying, "Oh no, you're totally wrong" and feeling that way. So what yeah. are what are some common mistakes that people make when they're just trying to be helpful toward their friends uh, or toward a spouse yeah. or toward who whoever it might be regarding their body image? Yeah, I think what we try and do is we try and minimize the other person's distress. And we can do that a few different ways. We can do that by uh, diminishing the impact of what they're saying. Like, oh, no, no, you don't have to think that way. Don't worry about that. That's fine. You're fine. Or kind of trying to build them up. The other thing that people tend to do, and this shows up all over the research, is this comparison. You think your thighs are fat? Man, you should see mine. So it's like we get into the competition about whose body is worse as a way of making the other person not feel so bad about theirs. But then what it's actually saying is like there's a hierarchy here and you're only allowed to feel good about your body if it's not as bad as mine. Instead of like you can feel good about your body no matter how it looks or we all have different bodies and there's no hierarchy of value of bodies. And appearances. 
And so I think it can be really important to actually shift away from conversations which perpetuate what we call fat talk, which is this like talking about the part of ourselves that we think is undesirable in a way that encourages people to do that as a way of feeling close and bonded. So we want to bond over other things as people instead of the things that we hate about our bodies. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. So women often get together. And that was actually a big uh, a part of why I wrote this book. I mean, there's many reasons why I wrote this book, but it had to do with this idea that what is it, what does it even look like to love our bodies? And like, how would we even relate to each other if we did? Because so many women, when I asked them that question, like, have you ever sat down with a woman and been like, I just have to tell you, I just love how I look today. People would just burst out laughing and say, like, I can't even imagine that conversation. And I, we would say, like, yeah, well, what would happen next? It would be like the conversation is over. But I've heard women talk for hours about how awful they feel like they look and how much they hate themselves. It's like there's this way that we bond as women in particular. And I've heard men do it in certain cultures, like making fun of each other and talking poorly about their body as a way of um, – bonding or getting close? Like, can there be other things that we do to feel close with each other? And is there room for us to even have, have the opportunity to share that we can delight in ourselves without it making someone else uncomfortable, without it making us feel like the conversation is over and we're not allowed to go there? So I would encourage people to have more conversations about things that they appreciate about themselves. I don't think that means that you're saying that the other person isn't that way. I think you're allowed to say something about yourself and for it to be just about you and not a statement about anybody else. There's almost a stigma. I feel like, like if you were to say, man, I really feel like I look great today. Yeah. And you tell people that and you're like, well, you arrogant prick. Like, right. Like like you almost like you're almost damned if you do and damned if you don't like you, you you may say, well, I don't feel great about myself. Like, Oh no, you're fine. But then if you say, well, I feel fabulous. I look fabulous, darling. Right. Then they're like, Oh, you, what are you, Kanye? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. And so it actually discourages people from having those conversations. But consequently, the problem is that we don't actually know what those conversations are like. And we continue to silence each other and we silence ourselves from acknowledging the things that we appreciate so that we don't get socially ostracized or so that we don't make anyone else uncomfortable. So the problem is that when there's a pervasive dissatisfaction with appearance and there's no room for dialogue about appreciation of appearance, then nobody even knows what that looks like. Nobody even knows how to have those conversations. So what I might say is that we need to start creating spaces where it's okay to talk about the things that we appreciate about our lives, things that we appreciate about ourselves and our bodies, and not in a way that creates a hierarchy. That's not a statement about anybody else. And I don't think it's I don't necessarily think it's appropriate ever to say I look the best in the world either or like I'm <laughs> the, right I'm the most attractive person but to say you know I f- I woke up today and I felt really good about myself all of myself including my appearance and that makes me feel like I've come so far in my journey and my relationship with myself. I mean maybe if we say it that way it doesn't create so much um defensiveness in the other person. So we could language those conversations better. But if you think about this from a developmental perspective, if your kids never hear adults talking positively about themselves, what does that mean? Right? What does that mean for kids like, oh, like you're not allowed to do that when you grow up. We just don't do that. But you can talk all you want about the things that you hate about yourself. Like and if what we know is that the things that we talk about and the the places that we spend our time cognitively shape our experience of ourselves and our world. What does that mean that we can't go to those positive places? 
So I think I think it's important to have conversations that yeah. suggest um, that it is actually possible to be okay with who you are. And you don't have to do that in a way that seems arrogant or dismissive of the other person. Yeah. My beard's looking pretty fabulous today, guys. I just want you to know that. I, I feel like a sexy son of a bitch today. <laughs> I feel like I need a little bit more beard oil on right now. <laughs> um, you know so I was thinking back to your, to your comment. I think there's a difference between saying, like, I look fabulous and saying, I feel proud of how I look. Yeah. Because I think one implies that there's an objective standard that you're meeting and the other one is a more subjective reflection on your experience of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so one, the second, the subjective reflection isn't threatening to the other person because it doesn't imply that this is a certain way that someone else is supposed to look. It says like this feeling is something that I like and the feeling is about how I feel about myself. So maybe what we need to be saying to people is um, it's okay to share positive dialogue. And as long as that's something that is actually a reflection of your subjective experience, instead of saying like, I'm the richest person in the world. <laughs> if you look at my bank account, you just say like, wow, I'm so proud of myself for working hard to save all that money. It means that I can do some of the things I want in my life. And that makes me right. feel really autonomous and free. So you basically, what you're saying is the best advice is to look at what Trump does and do the exact opposite. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Pretty much always. Yeah. 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 That's that's probably pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good life advice all around. Just all around. (laughs) Can you, uh, we only got a few more minutes here. Can you briefly talk about how body image sort of comes into play with the trans community? Yeah. I mean, that's a, a really interesting thing. Um, and kind of like hot political topic. I mean, I certainly with some of my, um, Oh man, some of my trans clients, when we've, when we've talked about it, there is so much shame because bodies are supposed to look a certain way based on, um, gender Mm -hmm. scripting. And so when bodies don't look a certain way based on a gender script, there's even more shame. I mean, that comes into the conversation around passing. Do I pass or not pass? Um, and how people feel like their body determines if other people are going to accept their their experience and their reality of their gender. So, I mean, I just think that we've got so many, so many narratives around bodies, which create shame for, um, for cis people, for trans people, for, um, for any body, there's always some sort of thing to compare your body to and feel not good enough about. And so I always think it's important to just say like, Hey, Hey, why don't we stop playing the game? How about we stop playing the comparison game and the I'll feel better about my body if game and just say this is the one that I have and I want to take care of it because it allows me to be and live and do and feel and love in this world regardless of what it looks like on the outside. I want to I want to treat it well because I I exist in this body and I, I am allowed to be treated well just like everybody else. Preach. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So your book um, mm. is coming out October 31st. It's called yes. Mothers, Daughters, and Body Image, Learning to Love Ourselves as We Are. Yes, Ever- sir. Everyone yep. should go pre-order it. Um, can you give a little teaser about your book and, and um, kind of who it's for? Mm-hmm. Um, what's what? Just, just, just a little teaser. A little teaser. Yeah. Um, the book is for, for women. Um, some women have daughters, 
but all women are daughters. And so the play here is that all women are daughters who've had mothers, either biological mothers or spiritual mothers or social mothers. There is this passing of messages between women and the symbolism of mothers and daughters implies that there's this kind of generational passing down of messages and that we are all participants in the messages that we receive and that we pass on and that we can start to think critically about them and that we don't necessarily have to um, soak them up blindly in the way that we might have in the past. And so I wrote this book for, for all women, um, for all women who have struggled with their body, for all women who know someone who struggled with a body, with their body, for women who are mothers, um, for women who had moms who struggled in that way. It's about essentially about the experience of being a woman in a body in this world and how to do something different than what patriarchy tells us to do. And it's a mix of a little bit of my story of learning to love my body post eating disorder recovery. Mm. And, um, stories from my clinical work of women who I've worked with to, to wrestle through some of these things, as well as some of the interviews and participants from my master's thesis. So it's actually an empirically validated, it's, it's empirical data that's included in this book. And I share the findings of my research about women who love their bodies and essentially how, how they got that way in a world that tells them that they shouldn't. And, um, yeah, I hope it I hope it adds to this thing that we were talking about that there's a story that says we're not supposed to, to take joy in how we look and in how we feel in our bodies and nobody tells the story what that looks like to do that and so I'm hoping that by by reading this book people realize it is possible and I can get there and maybe this is how it would look if I did get there. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So everyone pre-ordered the book. I, We're, I just ordered it. Uh, <laughs> you sold. You sold one copy officially. Yes. Well, I already. Oh. I already pre-ordered it months ago. I oh, was on well, the. Okay. I'm, oh, I'm the asshole. So, so I'll, I'll order it right now. So um, everyone ordered the book. Um, go to Amazon or or is there another preferred website that you have? You know what, you can do it on Amazon. I think, um, I know in Canada, it's at, available through chapters, um, and you can get it at most local bookstores because it's through a publisher that's um, quite widely known and distributed in North awesome. America and the world. So if the bookstore doesn't cover it and you like to support a local bookstore, go in and they'll place an order for you. Um, I did want to say one last thing. If there's groups of listeners who want to do this, uh, read the book as part of a book club or like a small group type setting, I'd be happy to join people on the last meeting for kind of a Q&A or to do a reading or to answer any questions that they have about my story or stuff that they come up with. And there are discussion questions and reflection questions for people at the end of every chapter so that they can dig a little deeper into their own work of, um, of feeling a little bit differently about themselves. So if people want to contact me through my website about coming to speak or to um, have a Skype meeting with their book club on the last day, then I would be thrilled to set that up if that works. Hillary L. McBride. Dot com. Apparently, you, you, just got sold, it. you just sold two copies. Apparently, I ordered this in, <laughs> May, in May also. So Matt's <laughs> doubling up. So apparently, I'm gonna... you've got three because I just literally just hit buy on Amazon. So, <laughs> yes, you guys, you're we gonna should, have to give away. We should, we'll give one away. We will. Yes. We'll, we'll do a yeah. giveaway. We'll definitely do a giveaway. We'll look look at our Twitter for that. Uh, Whoever sends the best dance selfie or dance. Video. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. You, like, I'm good with this for me today. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> 
thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. We look forward to talking to you uh, in November. So if if anyone does have any questions for Hillary, you can uh, hit us up and we will we'll, we'll cover all things mothers, daughters, and body image, learning to love yourself as we are. Looking forward. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Hillary. Right. Thanks. Now that in your Can tell us what you think. The five stars get red, but one star is dead. To us. Feedback. 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 Shorter feedback. Yeah. There's bass on there now. There is a little he bit. added bass. Go, Andy. Yeah, much shorter feedback though. I I really want a, an all feedback feedback. <laughs> So I don't, I don't think anybody but you wants that. <laughs> yeah, I like I it. I think the world is craving for it. <laughs> Are they? Yep. That where we landed on that. The world <laughs> has has said that all of our songs should be in feedback. Uh, so shall it be. Two pod, uh, two reviews. Two. <laughs> two good reviews. <laughs> we got we got that two star. That, <laughs> that old two star. Yeah. You know yeah, whatever. Da, yeah, whatever. He anyway. changed. He he affected this podcast. We didn't say the f word. At least I don't remember. We might have. We probably did. No, Brad bleeped a bunch out. Well, that was just Brad. I don't think anybody did. I don't think no. I did. Progress. We're more Christian now. And 70% less funny. Yeah, something like that. What? Welcome to the podcast, Brad. Hi, Brad. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Sorry. First review. Writing this review from the Tacoma Apple Store by Michael's Krill Lagoon. Tacoma Apple Store. Washington. Yeah. Tacoma. I have no idea what this account is logged in as, but if it puts you up one point against Bojangles' apparatus, (laughs) this this is a bonus. That's awesome. Apparatus. So this guy literally stole somebody else's. So I'm going to read it again. I have no idea what this account is. So good. I have no idea what this account is logged in as, but if it puts you up one point against Bojangles' apparatus, this is a bonus. Hashtag when Michael loves a Michael. <laughs> no one knows. Where that no came one knows from. any idea where that came from. I think I just made it up and didn't say I know. anything. I know. I listened to that again and it made it's no nowhere. Sense. It's yeah. nowhere like, on the podcast. It really isn't anywhere. What What was the username though? When a Michael loves a Michael. What was the username? Just spraying it around all over the place. Touches himself right. when he's what alone. Was, what was the username? His wife's not home. All right, you're very close to making me say the F word. Even when she is. <laughs> He goes out to the chicken coop. Fogs his dolphin. Did <laughs> say fogs his dolphin? Fogs his dolphin, yeah. You ever heard that? No. You've never heard of flogging the dolphin? No. Yeah. Yep. I, var- I was a four-year letter winner in high school in flogging the dolphin. So. Yeah, varsity. Yep. Yep. All state my senior year. <laughs> I thought that was. Is Wait, that, is that it was, I looked like Screech. It was all I had. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that similar? It was, it was my hand or nothing. It was my hand or my prostate was going to explode in agony. <laughs> I had no other choice. <laughs> I had no. T- my hand was the only taker, guys. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I got. I yep. got. I got to know our bathroom intimately. <laughs> All right. It became a second home. <laughs> wow. Oh, what God. was the guy's username that he that he uh, logged into? Michael's, Michael's Krill Lagoon. 
Oh, that was that's his username. So that's he changed the lyrics. Yeah, the sounds like a really good like dive bar on a beach. I know, Michael's I know. Krill, Krill Lagoon. Lagoon. Yeah. So when we become millionaires from this podcast, we need to go start a beach bar. It's called Michael's, Michael's Krill, Krill Lagoon. Lagoon. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. It is literally perfect. <laughs> yep. I'll do all the cooking. Michael, okay. can, Michael can be the host. You can. You will only do the cooking if I'll go, you. I'll go clam diving. If you uh, color your tips like Guy Fieri. <laughs> And wear sunglasses on the back up. of my head. Yep. Like a douchebag. We're just going to skip over my clam diving. I'll wear wristbands for no fucking We're just going to skip over sorry, my clam diving it. joke. I said the F word, guys. I'm so sorry. Uh, it was me. There it was. Seriously? Not, nothing? Me. Nothing. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, I'd, you were going to do the cooking. I'm going to do the clam diving. Nobody said anything. Really? You know what? Hey, do one of those pity sounds. Wait, is that a... <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Is that a, a, a reference to Cunnilingus? Yes, Brad, it is. Is it? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Talking about performing oral sex. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Poor is Matt. It, is it were? Poor Maddie. Nobody nobody listens to me. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, play your song. Nobody listens to me ever. Like I listen to back to these podcasts and I make jokes. Nobody fucking acknowledges anything. Not funny. No, it's nobody's funny. No, no, it's because you two assholes don't ever stop talking there ever, is. ever. There it is. And there are people that will back me up. No, no, you shut this. You're doing it right now. You shut up. There are people. There are people who will back me up on this that you never shut up ever. He's like, he's like one of those wind up toys. Just wind him up, wind him up, and let him go, man. You tell me I'm wrong, though. You tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Look me in the eyes and tell me I'm wrong. No, I'm not. (laughs) We shut that off so I can read this other review. I want to adopt a puppy now. Oh, anyway, no. our next review, the skipping the two-star review, they complained about her singing, believe it yeah. or not. Can't imagine why. I can't why. imagine I why. So it was terrible. All caps, it. all caps, really badly. All yeah, caps. He said he won't be back. Go f*** yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I laughed at the review. I did, too. I'm fu- it yeah. was fair. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. We say we're not for everyone, and we're fine with that. Obviously, not for that guy. Yeah. If you want to listen to a non-cursing there Christian podcast, there's a bazillion yeah, of them. Go listen to them. Yeah. This is called and Hello, you can, and, and you can go fuck yourself too. Well, there we go. Bleeped no. a little late. Bleeped it a little late. So he said it first. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean you get permission to like just start <laughs> saying it. Brad's all got over a mouthful again. of stuff. No, here's He's the thing. He's trying not to spit it Nobody out. Nobody. And can, you know what? This is great because again, he, you're fucking interrupting me. Shut up for a minute. Brad's the worst at it. So yeah, Brad is the worst. You're just as bad though. No, he is much worse. So <laughs> just swallow, Brad. It's fine. Swallow, <laughs> swallow. You're used to it. Swallow. Oh, God. Anyway, I don't even remember what I was going to say. We are we are officially off the rails. Yeah, so, like, if anybody says anything, you automatically take that as permission you to do. just go completely off the yeah. rails. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for Brad to no, curse so I could do no, it. No, it was an accident. God. You dumb son of a bitch. I just God. what I do. You are just. A, you give a, me an inch, I'll take just, a mile. You're just. A, I, I know. You're just the biggest lummox. But I you, know. you can't. How old are you now? You just had a birthday. How old are you now? 
Don't worry about it. No, how old are 30, you? You're in 30, your mid thirties. Thirty three. You're in your mid thirties now. Yeah. You need to take responsibility for your own goddamn actions. <laughs> it's Brad's fault. No, it's not. See, <laughs> he made me do it. God, what are you, a Trump supporter? <laughs> Seriously, right? God. Anyway, we're still in reviews. There's two reviews, and it's taking us twenty minutes to get through them. This is called "Hello from the South" by Gregory O C H. Gregory Och. Och. Ochinko. Sure. Hey guys, trying to play. Uh, oh, hi guys, trying to play catch up. Just finished the gayest episode ever. Oh man, that's way. It's a great man. episode. It is a good episode. We need have, why have we not had Daniel back up? We need to have Daniel and Anthony. Well, we only have yeah. one mic. We have two. Well, they can share when they're married. Yeah, they have to be super gay and share it. Yeah, that's fine. Here. I've been in their apartment. They are super gay. They're fantastic. They are wonderful they're people. Fabulously they are gay. fabulous people. Yeah, uh, I have enjoyed the new perspective on spirituality. A little about myself. I'm 21. Grew up in Nagadocious. Texas. Oh, yeah. And I'm currently going to F- SFA. Uh, Stephen F. Austin University. Yes, thank you. I could not, Texas. couldn't, I knew it was something down there. Yep. I'm a member of the quote unquote liberal Church of Christ in Nagadoshis. Don't get, Nagadoshis. Your hope, don't get your hopes up, though. We are quote unquote liberal because of the gym and kitchen we have in our church building, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, some of the topics you have discussed make me a little uncomfortable, mainly because of my roots and upbringing, but I believe my uncomfortableness is a good thing. The Was it pro- the donkey the punch more, or the... The more, pro- the more progressive way of thinking is new to me. I am thankful I found this podcast, in parentheses, currently jamming to Alabama Thunder Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Much love, Greg. Thank you for that. That was a wonderful review. Glad Thanks, make- Greg. We're glad you're listening. That's cool. That it makes you uncomfortable, but yeah, you man. hang on. That's cool. We appreciate that. Yep. That's what we want to do, is. man. Yeah. It is. Getting uncomfortable is how you grow, so... Grow... Grow where you are. All right. It's all uh, Feedback. <laughs> Legend of Chin. Are we into feedback? Yeah, what you got, buddy? Anchor. Alternate hashtags. Dan Burgess at DP Burge. Hashtag Bubbles Remembers. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> Beverage Farm Remembers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hashtag Find New Bear Wife. Nice. Eugene Thiesen at Pastor Gene Minnow at. Oh, we heard from Gene in a while. Hashtag Polly named Bot. <laughs> That's uh, in reference to the fact that. Our Twitter account got suspended. Can we oh, talk yeah. about that? Yeah. Our so Twitter, here, okay, you know what? <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Twitter can go eat the fattest bag of f***ing cocks in the history <laughs> of f***ing <laughs> cocks. You left cocks in? I did. <laughs> they can go f*** themselves and eat the biggest f***ing bag of f***ing dicks in the world. You Twitter so, yeah. forever. Like here's the Donald thing. Trump. People can get on there and call people the N-word all day long. They don't get suspended. No problem. I get followed by Russian porn bots weekly. No problem. You follow them first. They're just no problem. Back. We start following people. We get suspended for three days because they think we're a bot. And on the third day we rose again. <laughs> Indeed, we did. So that was good. Like here's that. the thing. It has nothing to do with any of that. They want money. Yeah. They know we're not a bot. Yeah. And they want yeah. money yeah. so that we can give money to sponsor our posts so that more people will follow yep. us. Plain which we did. Which we did before. Twitter. So, fuck you. Fuck you. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Twitter. You. Here's the Twitter. Here's the thing about Twitter. We get suspended for doing just this, just following people. Donald Trump tweets nuclear yeah. threats to North Korea. Still nothing. has an account. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. God. Seriously, Twitter, eat it. So we, yeah, we literally. So, so we ran an ad, first time we'd ever advertised. Yeah, we, for we, anything. we run an ad. And we literally gave them money. So and, f- you. And when you look at the ad that we we God. did, we, we had you know tens of thousands of of interactions on this on this the post that we had, and we paid X amount of dollars to do it. 
by and large, it did per, nothing. Yes, we we paid a dollar fifty a dollar fifty five for each one of our our yeah. our um, influences. Yeah, it didn't move the needle at all. But the the organic aspect of it, tens of thousands. Yeah. Tens of thousands. Yeah. It's uh, all of about money. And Tinder, tent, Twitter can go screw themselves. They waited till the day after our our advertisement thing ended, and then shut it down. <laughs> they yeah. even gave them money. They did. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, they have my fucking. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they have my freaking credit card on file. They know I'm not a bot. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> How hard is it to cross? I got on there that? and I was like, "What?" I know. <laughs> he texted. He, he messaged us. And I was like, "Seriously?" Like. Anyway, all right. Honorable uh, mentions: Brian Johnson at Freedom Dog Twenty Four. Freedom, Freedom Dog. It is dog. D A W G. New at Passwords Podcast. Dog. Very nice of you to let the at Brandon dog. Andrus leave before reading the five star reviews. <laughs> Guess he had to hashtag find a new bear wife. <laughs> Jordan McKay at Jordan underscore MC nineteen ninety five. Subscribe to at Passwords Podcast MC, weeks ago. MC nineteen ninety five. Yeah, that's a really bad DJ name. Subscribe. He's on that. <laughs> subscribe. He just plays Tony 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 cover. <laughs> subscribe to at Passwords Podcast weeks ago, but didn't listen to an episode. Until yesterday, incredible on so many levels. And he joined the pub. He did. Thank he you. He was Jordan. in the pub. Wait, who is it? Uh, Jordan, Jordan McKay. McKay. Oh, hey, Jordan. Jordan Mc1995. Rodney McKay's brother. He's you don't get Stargate reference. You're right. Uh, Brooke Fonseca at Brooke Fonseca. Uh, Fonseca. When, when hope, ha, a quote, when hope seems lost, be the hope. Thanks at Pastors Podcast for the encouragement to not give up. Hashtag Sauron is on his throne. <laughs> Hashtag punch the kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always nice. back. That was a good episode. I like yeah. that episode. Uh, top ten, Dan at inappropriate Dan at Pastors Podcast. Great honest conversation about taking care of your mental health and taking a break. Mm. Hashtag go find a new bear wife for the win. Nine, Brian Johnson once again at Freedom Dog Twenty Four Pastors Podcast. Very nice of you to let at Brandon. Wait, okay, well, good job on that one, Brad. Num- also number nine. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, got, I, I tuned out halfway through this. So oh, hold on. Yep. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. pretty much that's yep. a new one. That's uh, good. Number eight, Courtney Vrablick at Salvage Pie at Pastors Podcast. Quote, third way thinking here looks like losing, like dying on a cross. Hashtag show me your tittles. <laughs> so freaking great. The tittles? The fact, the yeah, the, the fact that, why did that not? That should have been our, anyway. Number seven, Tracy with a Y at Ukulele Tracy. At Pastors Podcast, that girl with the ukulele. I've been called worse by better podcasters with nicer, nicer facial hair. Hashtag whatevs. <laughs> hashtag find a new bear wife. To which she then said, on a serious note, wow. At the end of the day, the answer, quote, just to sacrifice yourself in love. Hashtag third way looks like losing. She wrote, she uh, recorded a happy birthday to me. She did. She's so great. She's really nice. It was nice. my birthday last week. I'm sorry for Got nothing you from you that fuckers. girl with the ukulele. You're, I sent I, you a text. I didn't. I put a thing yeah. on the pub. That's as good as you're getting yeah. from me. I sent you a text, nothing in the pub. Though. That's right. I'm not going to give you a I made a per- birthday. I made a personal. My birthday was three weeks ago. Yeah. I, I don't care. Want, I didn't want to inter- interrupt your... Tantric. What are you, 45 I wanna, now? I'm I didn't want to interrupt, interrupt your birthday tantric jerk sesh. So. Uh, in the chicken goop. Number number six, Andy Redwine at Andy Redwine. A little tight in there. She actually replied to me, but she said this. I've listened to the last At Pastors podcast twice. I think you guys have landed on what I want my faith to look like. Dick uh, jokes. Me too. Uh, really wish I could get there. Yeah. Some days are better than others. Yeah. Number five, Kathy Morris at Just Say Go Duke Go. No, not yep. going to say it. Uh, no, I'm not because Duke can. Yeah. Yeah. 
Screw Duke. Screw Mike Shashevsky. He's dirty. And Screw <laughs> is is freaking. What's that? Oh, Ted Cruz, uh, Rick motherfucking guy. That, what's Grace, that? Grayson Allen. Grayson. Screw him. He's God. so. What about every him and year, Ted Cruz? Every He's year, so no, dirty. He looks just like Ted Cruz. Googling. And he can go f- himself. He's so straight dirty, out man. of the three second lane, yeah. past the three point line, yeah. go f- himself to the locker room. I hate you. Duke know that so doesn't much. really edit out. Like, no, it doesn't. Just, it doesn't edit anything. They can still hear you say the f word. Duke. Duke is. Duke is coming to IU this year, and I'm t- calling it right now. IU wins by ten. Yep. Preach. Anyway, number five, Kathy Morris at <laughs> just say God Yukigo. <laughs> at Pastors Nailed Podcast. It. At Pastors Podcast, I totally joked you would butcher just say go Duke go God Yuke Ego. I think Michael is contagious. Number four, Travis Pinkston at T Pinkston twenty one. Pastors Podcast driving in my UPS truck, horse laughing and people staring at me like I have officially lost it. Hashtag poor bubbles. Number three, horse laughing. I like that. Yeah, number three, Lucas Allen. Whoops, Jesus. God. Lucas Allen at Luke Allen Yo. When Brandon Andrus pops into Pastors Podcast, it's exciting as Davy Jones showing up on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> that hashtag was such a great tweet. Find a new bear wife, to which I said, hashtag Brandon is our Davy Jones. He is. He is. He cheer up cheer up sleepy Gene Bojangles. <laughs> cheer up sleepy Bojangles. <laughs> Number two, Josh Casey at the JM Casey, the Pastors Podcast, quote, shitting on amazing conversations since 2016. <laughs> Hashtag show us your tittles. Pretty much. Yeah. And number one. Alapaki at Pakia Koi. <laughs> All right. Uh, Pastors Podcast, episode 85. Never wanted to shit in the snow so badly until <laughs> listening to Brandon Andrus' Alaska Tales. Hashtag show me your bear wife's tittles. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Nice. That, that one just for the hashtag yeah. alone. Oh, man. Closing time. Write us on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe yeah, to us on Apple thing. Podcasts. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. It's easier than ever. Literally, just scroll down. Click on write a review. Thanks. We got a bunch of five stars. Not a lot of reviews, though. Yeah, we'll take as many reviews. It helps move the needle. <laughs> Check out our website, gloriousbastards.com. Also, don't forget that uh, the 848 pastor to leave a voicemail. Yep. Um, support for this podcast comes from listeners like you at patreon.com slash pastors podcast. Support us on Patreon to join the pastors pub, get bonus content like turd talk pub crawl and hymns of reconstruction Buy us around and even help shape the content on this show. Hashtag bitches. Hashtag you're going to get murdered in a field. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Life show. Oh, for Life yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hashtag. This is the fattest thing I've done. <laughs> P-H-A-T. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Hashtag midget strippers with dyslexia. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Hard pass on I've, that one. I've got that one too. God. You know, I just I want to use it so bad. There's nope. just no way nope. we can do it. You guys it. are that's at Polly named Brad and at Polly named. <laughs> Go Matt. ahead. I'm not on Twitter. Again. Hashtag that lasted three days. Yeah. Hashtag I lasted less than 24 hours. <laughs> hashtag Matt's in a rut. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then I've got four straight orgasm ones. Hashtag pro orgasm. Hashtag an orgasm bonanza. <laughs> Hashtag on board the orgasm train. Hashtag moderate your orgasms. 
Moderate your orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, uh, like the orgasm train. Yeah. Hashtag it doesn't say choo choo. It just sounds like hot dogs slapping against wet pavement. Might be the best combination of words I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, you ready? <laughs> now I want to take some hot dogs out of the fridge and go slap the pavement with them. I'm in tears. Somebody could do a feedback section just with hot dogs slapping pavement. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> Jim Duff never heard of her. <laughs> donkey punching Yoshi. <laughs> oh, poor Yoshi. <laughs> My son plays Mario all the time. I'll never be able to watch it again. <laughs> Hashtag, I uh, donkey punch your mother last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Nope>. shit. <laughs> hashtag, oh. cheer up sleepy Bojangles. <laughs> <laughs> and then, hashtag, hot dog slapping against wet pants. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to throw up. <coughs> oh, man. Oh. All right. Hashtag short shriveled and always to the left. <laughs> hashtag ranch on that waffle. Oh, hashtag before the waffles get cold. Hashtag the midget stripper with dyslexia. <laughs> nope. Nope. That's, that's too hashtag, that's hard. No. Hashtag put it in the fourth one, Michael. I don't even remember what that was. Matt told you, just put it in the fourth. <laughs> oh, Michael, yeah. you, you gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hashtag Rudolph the Red Dong Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Huggasm. <laughs> hashtag No Boners in Space. <laughs> Hashtag duff her, never met her. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Nope, duff her. It doesn't. Never met her. Never duff her, never met her. Hashtag super marshy brothers. <laughs> it's Don Marsh. It's a spinoff. Hashtag Marsh supermarket. donkey punching Yoshi, which I'm pretty sure yeah. that's our winner. Hashtag Canadian Bloody Mary. Uh, hashtag Brad's therapy sesh. Hashtag just swallow, Brad. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and hashtag Michael loves Trump. Oh man, I do. He's so great. Duke can Duke can throw a paper towel roll. I can tell yeah. you that 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 helped a lot. Yeah. Well, that's some tequila mom shit there. Hey, he gave out paper towels. Good Hillary, gotta, Hillary just gotta, sent a tweet. That's gotta, all she's saying. Gotta love, gotta love a friggin' chef of nowhere. 
giving out 100,000 meals, and Trump's like, here's a paper towel. I'm the best. You get some paper towels. That's some, that's some, that's some takuno <laughs> alum there, buddy. Yeah. All right, here we go. Good uh, job, you f***ing <laughs> Hashtag black and thick. <laughs> I'm going no on that. That <laughs> that has got to be a hashtag already. We're not doing that. <laughs> oh my god, that is unbelievable. Okay. Well, that's my vote. Don't care what else you have to say. Uh, hashtag aroused by waffles. <laughs> Hashtag massive turgid prongs. <laughs> Hashtag John Mayer lotioning. Hashtag what are you, Kanye? What, what was that? I said from? that to, I said it to Hillary. What are you, Kanye? Yeah. Uh, hashtag. And this is about ejaculation. Oh, oh good. <laughs> good. Thanks, thanks Just for to clear this up. Well, you'll see why. Uh, hashtag. Blowing baby everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt said it. I think I said blowing baby batter. No, I no, I totally no. understand yeah. the clarification. Yeah. Yep. thank you, Michael. You're welcome. I think I, I think I, I would have got that without the clarification. I, I didn't hear the batter part. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said blowing <laughs> baby batter I'm everywhere. Sorry. Play the tape I don't back. care what you're saying. Black and thick is my vote. <laughs> um, We're not ha- doing that. Hashtag donkey punching Yoshi. <laughs> that's that's got to be the yeah. winner, man. Uh, hashtag Matt masturbating in space. Um, and has- hashtag it's Brad's fault. And hashtag God Yuke Ego. <laughs> It's got to be donkey punching Yoshi, right? Yeah, it's got to be. It's either that or one of the orgasm ones. No, it's got to be donkey Donkey punching Yoshi. God, we are terrible people. Uh, You realize that that Hillary, if she had not found this podcast, would be a New York Times bestseller. As it is, people are just just leaving in droves. You're associated to those assholes? So sorry, Hillary. Yes. I'm so so sorry. All right. So if you listen to this episode in its entirety, <laughs> hit up uh, hit us up on social media with the hashtag Donkey Punching Yoshi. Um, we're on Twitter. We're at Pastors Podcast. At MJ Basinger. At Polly Name Matt. At Polly Name Brad. Oh my God. Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. <sighs> on Instagram, we're Inglorious oh Pastors. Yes, we are. Well, yeah. Don't forget to send a, a voicemail. Um, eight uh, our four eight four pastored four eight four seven two seven eight three seven three. Leave us a voicemail. Yep. Um, yeah, that's it. So long, suckers. Man, be sure oh, to check out our God. friends Twisted Sisters on their Apple Podcast feed. Thank you, Hillary. Yeah, that was a good laugh. As as usual, fantastic. I'm exhausted. My lips hurt. My cheeks hurt from laughing. <laughs> Your lips hurt. Your my lips. Everything. Hurt. That, everything. All the things he could say, he says my lips hurt. I, I would get the cheeks. But God, like, I swear. They, it's they like hurt, he man. Doesn't. My lips. It's like he doesn't hear anything that he says. It's like I just masturbated in massive, space. There's a massive disconnect. <laughs>
There is a, a 4,000 mile chasm between his brain and his mouth. Like, no, it's there's not a chasm. That's the problem. God. Yeah, there's no time for us to stop him. 